You know, I want to bring this up before we get any further into the show. Um, I think we all know that a new album is coming on the horizon fairly soon, probably 2019, and um, I'm just going to flat out say I'm not. I'm may, Okay, maybe I'm not not anticipating it, but I'm not super excited about it because I think I know exactly what it's going to be. And what is that? I I think it's going to be maybe I think it's going to be the same exact thing as Lightning Bolt. That uh, maybe two or three like kind of angry, kind of hard songs, and then the rest is going to sound like either fluff or or another siren slash future days. I don't I don't anticipate it being like a an album going back in the direction of Riot Act or Avocado or anything that has that kind of theme. I think they are who they are now. And, and, you know, more importantly than the band, they have family life and that's what they write about now. Yeah. You know, I like how you said fluff because I had that kind of thought. I had that thought as well. I was hoping with the new song that came out that maybe it might be somewhere closer to an avocado part two, but I'm getting the idea or the thought that it, maybe it's kind of like how they fooled us with Lightning Bolt and Mind Your Manners came out, but there was a lot of fluff surrounding Lightning Bolt. Could the new song be this new sort of Mind Your Manners tease and then the album has a lot of fluff? You could be right. You could be very right about that. I half expect like kind of a song that's like a follow-up to comatose almost that has that really hard edge, fast, angry, pissed off. That's, that's what I'm hoping for that at least one song can kind of, uh, bring that back. But I'm also expecting a lot of like, you know, family songs and, you know, uh, I, I'm so glad to be home for you kind of songs instead of on the road all the time. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't expect this to be a flashback to any uh, nostalgia. They they are who they are now, and and that's a, first of all, that's okay. That's okay for them to be like that because they grow and mature, and this is the kind of songwriters they want to be now. Fine. I'm just saying, don't anticipate a a flashback to the the good old days. Yeah, and you know, and a lot of people know that. Can't deny me is is not a song that I enjoy. Um, We've only really talked about that once, which is amazing. We have, yeah. But having seen it live, I've listened to it countless times in hopes that I would it would grow on me, but it hasn't. But I will say I do like the direction it seems like it was going in. It it missed the mark a little bit for me, but at least the direction was there. Um, it, it, it did have a little bit of the rage and the anger and the motivation for what the song is about, but I agree with you to where, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. And, um, I think that is what's piquing my interest more is whether I'm going to like it or hate it. Not, not excited for just another Pearl Jam album. I'm anticipating how, it's going to sound and I'm afraid of it 
basically is what I'm trying to say. Well, that I, I'm preparing myself not to to have these expectations of, oh my God, a new album and new songs, and I'm gonna try to love each and every bit of it. That that's what I'm 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 right preparing not to be scared. I'm I'm preparing for my expectations to be so low that I'm actually impressed by it because I think my expectations for lightning bolt were really high and they didn't sink so low where it was just like, Oh, I hate it. And it was just kind of, well, it didn't, didn't really reach what I had expect, expected. Yeah. I think I'm more, I think I'm more prepared to be torn by it. I think I know I'm going to be torn just, by the album. Just expect, I think gonna... expect a lot of future days kind of stuff that, that that's just who they are. It's who they are now. You know, I'm I'm expecting to maybe really enjoy half of it because that seems to be the norm now. I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and then there's no telling when it'll ever come out. If it does, hopefully it's not another Chinese democracy, but we'll see. Anyway, we have some '90s stuff to get to, so let's get to it. So these are all the people I would have seen if I could have lifted my head up. Back in San Francisco. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. Welcome to the Live on Four Legs Pearl Jam Live Experience Podcast. I pronounce that differently every single time I say it, but that's okay. A little bit of variety isn't a bad thing. Well, we are a variety show of sorts. It's true. We do, you know, not not that we do lots of different bands. We do lots of different years and lots of different locations. Yeah, think of it as if the Beatles had played on every single Ed Sullivan show, kind of like a variety <laughs> show like that. Maybe there's not that much of a variety, but close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the variety, the variety is within the eras, I should say. And uh, sure. you are tuned into a good one today because it's kind of it's a it's a really good follow up to last week's Atlanta show, which uh, we got a lot of. Uh, uh, praise for and you know john farrar was on that and he was awesome and i think a lot of people really liked his appearance so thanks john again randy i would i would like to say thank you to john again yeah uh listen, listening back on it i had a lot of fun on that show and that is that's my favorite show we've done not not the pearl jam show that's 
that's my favorite podcast episode. I love that episode. John was really great. And thank you again for for joining us and uh, easing us into the nineties. Easing us right into the nineties, yeah. like a yeah, get like an old man getting into a, a nice warm bath. <laughs> or a sauna. You know, you that know too. the old man in the sauna. The old man in the sauna. Yeah, yeah. They all they all love saunas. Anyway. They do. They um do. this is about uh, the show we're doing today is about a year and a half-ish later uh, after Atlanta, and a lot of things have changed. You've seen some turnover from the band. Uh, we no longer have Dave A, and we have a new album. We have Vitalogy that's been out for about almost a year. I think it came out December of, two, of uh, 1994, so... Uh, you know, a lot of things have changed, and the band itself has changed, and and I think really what what led to this show in particular is the um, is another changing point and moment in the band, which we'll get to in a second. So, um, what we're doing today is San Jose from November 1995, and what makes this show so important that it's the makeup show for the Golden Gate Park show back in June of that year. So, um, you remember the story, you know, like, uh, from long, long ago, like how long, long ago, I mean, it's 25 years essentially. So like, what, what, from way, way back when, yes. When you first heard about this, what, what, like, how does this memory kind of last in your memory. Well, I mean, it, it happens to everybody, you know, no one's immune. And if you get sick, you get sick. It, if you have to cancel, you have to cancel it. Uh, it sucks when you have to do it. Um, I, you know what? I don't know. What, what do you think is more disappointing? If someone gets sick or has to cancel before you even get to the show, or if someone has to cancel during the show? Well, I've been a part of one of those situations before. And, right. uh, I remember just getting to the venue. This was for Bad Religion back in, I think, 2003. Uh, I remember getting to the venue. There was nobody in the parking lot. We were about to park, and somebody kind of pulls up to our car. They're like, hey, man, got to go. No, uh, They're not doing the show today because Greg's sick. And we were just, the air just deflated. Uh, It was just, there was nothing, you know, that that drive home was just so depressing that I, I... you know, it was the first time I was set to ever see them. And, you know, I, I, man, that whole weekend was just a mess. It was a blur. So, um, Mm. yeah, that, that, that to me was pretty bad. However, this was so much different because you got a full show. You only got seven Pearl Jam songs per se, but you got a full show out of this and you got, you know, what to most people would say is an incredible legendary moment to see Neil Young out there for, I don't know, it was like 12 to 15 songs or so. Right, right. So, of course, if you're a fan, that's pretty amazing. And But not every fan was into it. Not every fan was into it. I wouldn't have been. I have to be in a very, very specific mood to listen to Neil Young. Oh, so, I do too. I have to be alive. but i will say in this situation i probably would have had a really great time if neil young had come out and and saved 
the moment. And it really says something about these bands, though. They're about their fans, and and they went out and they tried. And I think that's I think that says something. What if Neil Young wasn't there? Then they have nothing. They were lucky, lucky and enough. But but you know what? That that happens too. A lot of you know acts will cancel in the middle of a show, and there's there's nothing left. This was a very uh, kind of rare situation, and they got lucky that way. But I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning. I've never had food poisoning. Uh, I'm sure. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is as bad as everybody says it is. So yeah. you got to give it to them for trying, and uh, I don't blame them at all. But I guess until we're in the situation to, or in the situation where we're at a show and it gets canceled mid-show, I guess it's tough to judge or tough to pick which one is worse because I'm pretty sure I've gone to a show or had a show canceled on me uh, either the day of or the day before. So yeah, I guess, I guess we'll have to experience the, <laughs> the other thing too, to really, hopefully we to never really make do. a joke. Oh, yeah, hopefully we never you know, do. Hopefully we never do. Yeah. yeah they, they've always been good about making it up. You know, they made up the London show this year. They made up, absolutely. Uh, you know, this was a makeup show. So, you know, they, at least they are, they are true to their word. Right. They're not going to leave that hanging out there. They'll, they'll never do that. So that day, uh, in Golden Gate Park, um, it was at event. The venue held about uh, fifty thousand people or so, and it was packed. Uh, according to everybody that wrote in, it was super hot. It was about like one hundred and two degrees, which people said for uh, San Francisco area at the time uh, was a very rare occasion in June for it to be that hot. Um, and then the band came on stage. They performed seven songs after uh, Crash and Britney and Bad Religion both opened for them. I don't know who Crash and Britney is. I don't either. Yeah, um, I do know who Bad Religion are though. So I know I know them as well. Hey, hey. All right. Who knows them? Uh, so they go on stage and they perform seven songs. Um, I won't even get into what songs they are. Uh, at some point this week, you've probably seen, you know, we're, we're talking in the future here, uh, as we're talking in the past to you, um, you've probably seen, we're going to post the set list from that night, the full set of what they were supposed to do, including, uh, what they did with Neil. So, it, um, that was at one of the, uh, the exhibits this summer, I believe. So, uh, thank you to one of our fans, uh, Noah, who sent that in. Uh, so that was really cool of you. Um, so we'll get to see that whole set list at some point, but it's not. We're not going to mention all of that now, except for a little tidbits. Right. So see, and this this actually really quick, I just wanted yeah. to say leads us into, you know, there's some stuff we're going to be putting on Patreon and some stuff we're going to be putting on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. So make sure you follow all that stuff. Oh yeah. For, you know, li- little kind of exclusive kind of thing. So if you want to check out that set list, I guess you could pull out your phone right now and look it up if you want, but. Don't be that guy. Go to our Facebook, shoot us a like, and check out our pictures. Yeah, of course. Social media accounts could always use your love. I know sometimes, you know, during during the week when we're not, we're in the middle of uh, promoting the show, we we're, we tend to get a little quiet, and that's our fault. We'll, uh, we'll we'll try to we'll try to post at least one thing per day. I think that's a yeah. really good barometer to try to do. But anyway. Um, after the seven songs in San Francisco, Eddie left the stage and said, I think that might be it for me. Lucky for you, Neil Young is here. 
And people's first impression is that he was either tripping or ODing, which was far from the case. And that's where, you know, it's the food poisoning that, that he caught. He was in the hospital uh, the night before. And, you know, like you said, he tried and just could not, could not do it that day. So it was a restless crowd, all there to see the band that they paid good money for. Thankfully, Neil Young is there, and um, the Miraball album was set to drop three days after the show. So that's probably why Neil Young was there to sort of promote the album and play with the band a little bit. So it's cool to kind of look back at that era. This is, you know, the era where, where they are playing, you know, with, with Neil Young and, you know, not... According to critics, Mirrorball is not one of Neil's best records, but according to Pearl Jam fans, I believe most Pearl Jam fans really do love Mirrorball. I love Mirrorball, so that's, um, you know, it, it's just cool to see the time period and kind of get the picture of this. Um, have you ever read uh, Five Against One? Have you ever read the book? No, not the book, no. Okay. Uh, why is there something else you're like oh no i've heard the book but no no i just reiterating (laughs) got it uh uh the first chapter it discusses this whole incident and uh it mentions that neil opened the set with big green country because of a raucous crowd the lyrics of the song were very fitting for the moment as they the opening lyrics went Across the plain flew the long gray rider, leather bang pounding on his back. Above the cloud, the moon was climbing higher. A pack of wolves wanted their money back. Something along those lines. I believe that's pretty much how it goes. Um, But the pack of wolves line really kind of sticks out there that they were just kind of, uh, you know, just insane and and uh, yeah a lot of people wanted their money back for whatever they you know didn't witness with the band which honestly you're seeing neil young shut up god those people those people probably aren't even hardcore fans at this point yeah when you you know when you went to see pearl jam and neil young comes out like i said he's he's not going to give you the same kind of show it's of sure, it's it's someone you you you're seeing a legend basically, but it's not the show you went to see in many many ways. So I can understand some some disappointment. Unless we speak of Neil, uh, a lot of things going on in his life right now. Unfortunately, um, it was his birthday this week. Uh, happy late birthday, Neil! Uh, I didn't check how old he is. Um, somewhere in the seventies, I would assume. Uh, but, uh, unfortunately, the unfortunate news for his, uh, this week, he's lost, uh, his house in Malibu in the fires in California. So did, uh, so did Gerard Butler and Miley Miley Cyrus Cyrus too. too. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on over there. That's yeah. You know, we all, uh, all Pearl Jam fans alike love uncle Neil and we really hope and wish him the best and hope he's he's okay not all pearl jam fans i'm i'm not a big neil young guy well then you're not a pearl jam guy Uh, that is not true (laughs) i i respect and appreciate what neil young has done but yeah no he's he's not someone i actively look to listen to 
Yeah, but as for the influence on the band, you do agree that he's been, you know, he is. Well, that that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Okay. He's kind of he's a he's a legendary performer and very influential not only to Pearl Jam to a lot of people. Of course, there's nothing wrong with him. He just was never my cup of tea as a go-to uh, 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 artist to listen to. Okay, and you're you're entitled to that. I think totally different. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I, I love Neil. I love CSNY, and you know all the projects in between. So, yeah. you know. You know what? You know what's really big, I think? I, I There was no Neil when I was growing up at all. Your your dad wasn't a Neil fan. No, my mom, my dad. They might be, but um, it was never played. I think that's I think that's important. We've touched on this yeah. before. Oh. Just, it was never, it was, I mean, a lot of stuff I listened to now was never around when I was growing up. But I think if Neil was in the house as much as, you know, the Beatles, R.E.M., sure. Pearl Jam, uh, those type of bands. I would probably be a huge Neil Young fan, but it, it just wasn't there. Yeah, uh, Neil Young was in my house constantly. So that, you know, right. I think around, I was about like five or six years old around the time that Harvest Moon came out. And I think that, um, I don't know, my my mom never seemed to want to change the CD out of her car just, just because. Um, That's a beautiful album. It is. It really is. It's underrated, and uh, she always either had that or Wildflowers, and mm. which were just two two albums that don't get enough credit from that time period, uh, right, right. you know, early to to mid nineties from legendary performers. So, uh, so Neil Neil and the band did about like I said, twelve to fifteen songs, and they did some stuff off Mirrorball, and they did some of the classics like Cortez and Down by the River. And uh, for some really, really weird reason, they played Rockin' in the Free World twice. Okay, then. <laughs> I, okay, here's, here's what I thought of when I heard that. And you're going to be so, you're going to be so confused. All right, so late 90s, there's this random, random MTV show that was very, very short-lived. And it was a marionette puppet show that kind of looked like Thunderbirds, but... Um, you know, you would think now that it was more kind of like Team America before Team America, and it was called the Super Adventure Team, and it was it was kind of the same concept as Team America. You know, go out there and fight terrorism and all that, yada yada yada. Um, by the way, MTV had some really really weird show in the in the late nineties. Do you remember Syphil and Ollie? I don't. The but sock I, puppets. I remember. I remember Super Adventure Team with the head really goofy looking puppet with the glasses right oh i don't know it was a it was a marionette yeah 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 we'll, we'll post a picture of him I, oh I remember okay yep 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 yep, yep. he kind of looked like the blue ranger from power rangers a little bit kind of like kind of like the blue ranger from power rangers mixed with george costanza <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a mashup of that um but this is the kind of stuff that would be over it would be all over Adult Swim nowadays, this kind of stuff. This is what MTV was toying with. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, Syphil and Ollie was, was just fried. I remember loving that show. But um, How about the cartoon Downtown? Do you remember that one? Ooh, I don't know. It sounds familiar. That was fantastic. Also short-lived. Yeah, I can't, I, yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Um, there was another one called Clone High. Do you remember that? That one I don't remember. Yeah, that had uh, it had like legendary, um, you know, f- 
legendary uh, historical figures if they were going to high school. Oh, like okay, Abe Lincoln funny. and uh, was dating Joan of Arc or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. yeah, and Gandhi was like on AD, you know, had ADHD or something like that. It was very, very, very strange, and I think only lasted <laughs> more than three or four episodes. Anyway, uh, the the moment from Super Adventure Team that reminds me of this is that there were a scene where they had to dress up as Kiss to distract, distract a group of terrorists. So they play rock and roll all night and part of every day. And, there it is. <laughs> and afterwards, the terrorists scream, Why shout it out loud? And they go, um, we don't know that one. Then play rock and roll all night again. We just did that. The gun cocks. Okay, here we go. <laughs> they start playing it again. <laughs> so that kind of reminded me of that. All right, uh, so that was really the story about that. Uh, all that aside, fans were really pissed off. I don't know why they would be, because it's Neil Young and Pearl Jam, so they made it up, and that's why later later that, that fall they went to San Jose Spartan Stadium. It's 35,000 seats, and... They play an epic makeup show, so that's where they are. Um, before we get into it, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, just hang with us for a couple minutes while we, we promote our own stuff. Um, you should see it out there now. We're, uh, we got a store open, or it should be open. I, I'm hoping it's open. It's probably open. As you're hearing these words, you could head on over, and boom, there it is. And... Uh, we have some Christmas sweaters available. We, we put out a teaser photo of it the other day and, uh, you should see it now. It's Santa with his wish list, and, uh, it is very cool and very Pearl Jam and, you know, there's, there's nothing like it. So, uh, it's very, very, very cheap price. Uh, and you'll see on the site, lo4lnovstore.itemorder.com. L-O-4-L-N-O-V-Store.itemorder.com. We have that ugly Christmas sweaters available, and we also have the L-O-4-L uh, ringer shirt and V-neck that are still available. We only decided to do those items this time around because just make it easy for you guys. We know the holidays coming around, and you know you you all have kids and, and grandkids and nephews and all that everybody brothers sisters to get presents for we understand that and hopefully you know you can consider getting them a nice pearl jam ugly christmas sweater for christmas and or hanukkah or kwanzaa or boxing day so you know i thought our halloween sweatshirt was a bargain this is a bargain yes it is i'm gonna order a few of them yeah um i just found a bunch of christmas presents <laughs> yes you did i think i did as well uh, Santa's wish list for Pearl Jam for Eddie. Uh, as you can see written on the wish list, it's all of the wish list items from the song. So it's got a little Pearl Jam hidden in there and, uh, really hope that you like it. Cause you know, this is, this is what we do. We want it. We want to give, uh, the proceeds to charity. So, you know, we're, uh, think of it as a, a gift for somebody else. Think of it as a gift for a child or somebody less fortunate and um and you get a you get a christmas sweater out of it because how many times 
Have you ever seen a Pearl Jam ugly Christmas sweater? Probably not many. Well, yeah, I don't think I ever have. Um, so that's a, that's available, and it'll be available until Cyber Monday. I think that's what we're going to do, and then we're hopefully going to ship them and get to you guys a couple, like a week before Christmas. Right. So, in, done, enjoy it. LO4LNOVStore.itemorder.com And now talk a little bit about Patreon, sir. Sure. Okay. Live on Four Legs wants to bring you guys the best listening experience. We also want to bring you guys fun stuff to enjoy, like more episodes and merch. So we're looking to raise money through our Patreon page to keep our store up and running. We're going to be adding some amazing merchandise for the listeners. And we're also going to be donating a lot of money to charity. We're not asking for a free handout, and we're not taking any profits. For every donation, there will be prizes and incentives. So let's get to those. $40 donation, you will receive an exclusive Live on Four Legs t-shirt. Those are the t-shirts that we put up in our store and that we feature every month. You'll also get a Live on Four Legs sticker, a shout-out on the show, and the really cool thing, an opportunity to pick an episode. You'll tell us which Pearl Jam show to cover, if it's one you wanted to go to, if it's one you'd like to listen to, or if it's one that you've been to that holds a special place in your heart. If you donate $20, you'll receive a special gift bundle consisting of merch from the 2018 Home Away shows. This bundle is big time while supplies last. They are going fast, and once we get close to reaching our goal or open up our store, we will mail those out to you guys. That also comes with a Live on Four Legs sticker and a shout-out on the show. If you donate $10, you get a special shout-out on the show along with a Live on Four Legs sticker, a Live on Four Legs print set, and a thank you letter from Randy and I. If you donate $5, you receive a Live on Four Legs sticker, a thank you letter from Randy and I, and also a shout out on the show. If you donate $1, you'll get a shout out from Randy and I on the show. So go check out our Patreon page, Live on Four Legs, become a patron, do a one-time donation, any little bit helps. Again, it all goes back to you guys, whether it be merchandise or charitable organizations. At some point, we're going to end up changing our Patreon plan. Uh, Right now... A lot, a lot of people, what they do on Patreon, they, they take monthly donations, but I think what is going on here, we're, we were unclear with the uh, the plan that we chose, and I think it's a, we set up a goal instead, so we have to kind of figure out what we want to do with it, but... Um, right. the, the, goal, the goal was originally intended to be for merchandising and stuff like that, to get stuff out to you, and also for the donations for our Christmas stuff coming up. But Randy, I mean, I, I think you and I are pretty smart guys, right? Uh, well, sometimes. Well, this is the case of sometimes because Patreon has confused the hell out of us, but we're figuring it out yep. and we're going to fix it for you guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's taken us about 10, 11 weeks to, to realize that maybe it's not the best course of action, but, uh, to, to do a goal and then figure everything out. But um, I think it probably is easier to do a small monthly donation, uh, you know, instead of doing a big sum of $40 donation, maybe we just do like five bucks a month. And yeah, we don't want to ask you guys for too much money at all. So if you no. want to, if you want to help us keep the podcast going, if you want to throw us five bucks a month, that's what we're going to, we're going to stick to. Yeah. And, and we'll give out the same, kind of tiers we'll 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 lower it to like you know ten ten dollars a month and you'll 
be able to to come on the show and talk to us all. We'll we'll absolutely figure some stuff out for that. Yeah. And we're going to figure out our our shirt design for Patreon. So if you do want to give a little bit more as a one-time donation moving forward, that's still going to be available. We're going to revamp and redo and make it a lot easier to follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons why we do this show is, is in 11 weeks and plus that we've really been promoting and, and getting the show out there, we've uh, um, we've really enjoyed talking to people and kind of learning more about what we're covering. And uh, th- th- that's where really where the inspiration from this show came uh, really early on. I, you know, put some feelers out there and I said to everybody, hey, tell tell us your favorite show, show you have your favorite story from. We want to hear about it. We want to, you know, we want your story. And that was kind of the first real time I had ever checked in with anything. So uh, we heard on Facebook from Maria Vigil. What's up, Maria? Hey, Maria. Uh, and we're about to get to Maria's story here in a second. But this was... Uh, you know, she had said, hey, I was at the San Jose show in 95. That was a makeup show for the uh, the Golden Gate Park. And I'm like, well, I don't really know much about that. I didn't, I don't know if I knew there was a makeup show or uh, I just didn't really dig into it much further. So I'm like, yeah, I, I would love to talk about the, the food poisoning incident, the red mosquito incident, if you will. Um, so... I tell, tell us more, I, you know, this is on the docket. I'm going to get this in as quick as possible. It took 11 weeks, which I think is pretty quick, um, considering. So considering how much we like to plan ahead. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. And I'm, it made it into season one. Well, let's put it that way. It did. It did. And I, you know, I, th- I think we both were, were pretty happy that, uh, a show like this kind of came along that we were able to get some stories out of it. Absolutely. hundred percent. I told her right away. I said, this is once, once we're ready, we're going to have it on tap and, you know, definitely want to hear from you. So I'm separating her story from everybody else's because it's, uh, by far the most unique story that we've gotten a write in from so far. And again, you know, we mention it every time at the end, uh, this show, as much as we want to learn and talk and everything like that, we, we want to know what you want to hear. And this is a perfect example of just letting us know what you want and us giving it to you. So, and Randy, also our listeners have been killing the game with that too. Every week we have so many stories. We have so many suggestions. I was not ready for the response that that listeners were going to be giving us. And now we have so much to talk about in every episode because of the listeners. And we read every single thing you guys send us. If, mm-hmm. if your story isn't read on the show, we have not ignored you. We listened to what you had to say and we try to get to everybody. Sometimes we just don't have enough time to read everybody's, but keep on it. Keep writing to us. We're going to get to you eventually. I promise. Couldn't send it better. Um, and always the best way to get in touch with us is to email us. Uh, You know, that way you have more time that you can can think about it. And, uh, you know, we're, we, we like that interpersonal communication instead of just kind of leaving a comment on a message board or on Facebook or something like that. We can kind of get back to you. We can, you know, it's, it's easier to communicate one-on-one that way instead of, you know, just kind of posting 
on Facebook or or Reddit or something like that because sometimes sometimes the ones we get there are like hey good show and that, that's okay but you know it, when you email it gives us more time you know it could get a little congested too responding to everybody on Facebook and reading everyone's uh, but hey uh, everyone's been doing a great job with 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 what they've been doing so thank you so much exactly it really doesn't matter the platform you know I I, I just get giddy when I see an email in the inbox. So <laughs> we don't want to sound too picky. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Anyway. All right. Here is Maria's story. Maria Mar, whichever you'd like to be called. And she, uh, here's her story. In 1995, I was a 13 year old little Latina living in San Francisco and loved Pearl Jam. The November show wasn't my first PJ concert, nor was the Golden Gate Park show. I saw Pearl Jam for the first time in 1993 when I was 11 in San Jose with my older sister, and that show was a much smaller affair than the band playing the vast polo fields in Golden Gate Park, where the outside lands is held today, which I'm not very aware of. I was able to dig up my diary from 1995 to find out what I thought of the Golden Gate Park and San Jose shows. The entries aren't very long, but are very teenage girl and are not well written. LOL, please bear with me. Think of it like a mortified podcast, Pearl Jam fan edition. Adult Maria comments are noted in italic red. I just, like, have you have you heard Mortified? Have you ever listened to it? Uh, no. What, the podcast? Either the podcast or there's a, a Netflix uh, documentary series. No, no. It's really good. It's really good. Ba- basically... Just normal, everyday people are reading their d- journals and diaries from middle school and high school. Oh, that's hilarious. It's good. It's just like the things that they say, like, you know, I hate my parents, and uh, yeah. I want to go out with this girl, but how do I ask this girl to go out with me? And then there was one really good one with with a, with a an AIM conversation in it. Oh, you remember those? Oh, yeah. Those Definitely. are good times. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times and bad times. That's yeah. That's that's half of why you keep stuff to to be embarrassed by it. But absolutely. So this is this is her version of it, and she's going to start with uh, the San Francisco show. Um, PJ was of course hot. She says this is now Maria that's saying this. So the weather that day in San Francisco. So was the weather that day in San Francisco. Ha ha ha! I see what joke she made. Uh, like uncharacteristic, characteristically hot. We we had mentioned that before. Um, I believe that's kind of where I picked that up from. We don't have summer in June. We have it in October for a week, and that's it until recent years, which seems to be warm AF for months and months on end, which is not good. So here is thirteen-year-old Maria from June twenty-sixth. 1995 and i won't talk like 13 year old maria i will just talk normally so (laughs) oh all right it's a little disappointing but okay (laughs) i got my pearl jam (laughs) i got my pearl jam tickets on the 21st of june expecting to have the greatest time at the show well when we got to golden gate park we had to wait 30 minutes when we got on the full of polo fields drag queens gave us carnations uh current maria um, being greeted by drag queens with flowers is a pretty cool start to a concert. I thought at this time, but I guess I was writing as details pop into my head. Back to young Maria. Then there were a whole bunch of stands for hot dogs, iced tea, cappuccino, Thai cuisine, but I went straight for the t-shirt stands and all of the shirts were ugly. So when we, 
So when we were finding a place to sit, a guy was selling a really cool shirts with Eddie on the back. Back to her. What the hell? They were so cheesy. Oh yeah, a guy selling bootleg shirts was doing so within the concert for five bucks. So the show began with a band from Sacramento called Britney and Crash. Man, they suck. Everybody thought so. Wow. <laughs> Teenage girls are so mean, lol. Then Bad Religion came on and they ruled. They ruled. A guy, The guy sounded great. I had to move around just to see them. A half hour later, Pearl Jam came on. She, she has a major crush on Mike. <laughs> Mike looked so cute. He was wearing a yellow shirt. I had to either jump a lot or move around everywhere to see Sam. And if I was standing on a hill, I could barely see them because of all the dust kicked up in the air. I, they were on for a half hour. And then Eddie said he had the stomach flu. And he said, I think Neil Young is here. So a long intermission for Neil, Vic, who's her sister, and I went to get something to drink. And we left at 310 because Vicky was getting heat exhaustion. It was 105 degrees. We watched a Neil song. And left when they started rocking in the free world for a second time, and they heard Neil. Took over for two hours. Eddie was sick. Now the whole tour is canceled. They're stressed from the whole thing. People are really pissed. At least I could say I went. <laughs> sounds yeah, it sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, um, really interesting account from somebody that's you know, and and I think she she articulated things pretty well. For being a 13-year-old, what do you think? Absolutely. I, I followed it. No problem. Okay. So uh, in between, this is in between entries here. This is back to, to regular her. So that was a pretty devastating experience for me. Although PJ really tried fucking hard that day, people were calling into Live 105, airing their grievances, swearing off the band forever, and eventually the 10 Club sent those who did not receive request a refund information for the rescheduled November show. New tickets would cost $5. Ooh. $5. Of course, I had to give them another shot. So this entry is from November 5th, 1995, which was the day after the San Jose show. Pearl Jam Rock! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point! Last night was the show. It totally ruled. It was so cool. So cool! Better than the first time I saw them. Mike bleached his hair blonde. Yuck! Teenage <laughs> girls are mean. That's so funny. First he had gorgeous long brown hair. Then he cut it two years ago. Two years later, he just has to bleach it. Man, he's still cute. Wow, this is really embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, though. This is a memory, and I, I think this is really really great yeah this is this is really really funny i I, and you know we all relate to to saying things like this when we were 13 too so and and also i i really hope she approves but i will say randy i think you're doing a tremendous job (laughs) i'm trying not to to totally make it embarrassing but um, i don't think you could help it (laughs) (laughs) Eddie was acting so cute saying things like if I wasn't a singer I'd be working the late shift at Taco Bell but I would have liked it if I would have if I would have been the best late shift late shift working guy Taco Bell ever had he actually said Del Taco but I didn't know what that was because we didn't have that chain in San Francisco at the time and I figured he meant Taco Bell then they played over 25 songs. They played Release, Evenflow, Alive, Why Go, Black, Jeremy, Deep, Porch, from 10. Uh, I guess the show's over now. Um, 
Go, Animal Daughter, Glorified G, Dissident, WMA, Blood, River Mirror, Elderly Woman, Indifference from Versus, Last Exit, Splendorback Circle, Not For You, Corduroy, Better Man, and Immortality from Vitalogy. Well, good night, everybody. Hope you uh, tuned in next week. Yep, thanks for doing our job. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we're kidding. We'll, we're, we'll break everything down, as usual. Plus, they played a bunch of new songs. The show ruled. I took pictures, too. I hope they came out. They didn't. Mike's voice is weird. He said, thanks so fucking much. He's so cute. I yelled his name and Eddie's name. I bought a hat. I still have it. Oh, that's that's her now. Still has the hat. Cool. And, and six stickers. One for me, one for Vicky, one for Erica, one for Jill, one for possibly for Mike T, and one for Randy with an I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I. I always watch, like, when, you know, like a maitre d' for a restaurant is writing my name down, I always watch and make sure. Put that Y there. You better put that Y there. I didn't know this was such a, a deep concern for you. I'm oh, I remember. hate it. I hate it. No, don't, don't, don't even play around. I can't stand it. I know how I'm signing every single Hanukkah card. No. From now, from now no. on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, this is back to her. Uh, aside from what I wrote about here in the century that Mike, that I was Mike McCready crazy, I actually have other memories from what this is still one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life. And at this point, I've been to at least a thousand. I've seen Pearl Jam 27 times, and this show might be number one or at least top five. At least, as I mentioned, I heard many new songs this night. It was almost three hours, but I'll talk about my favorites. That's where I first heard I got shit. She says, id, it shit. Uh... Yep. A song that came on the radio shortly after, and I said, that's the song. That's the song they played at the show. As soon as those opening chords began, I got chills and immediately loved the song as it built up and he roared into the chorus. I still get chills thinking of that. What a wonderful experience that is seldom had anymore in a time that you can Google any bit of information and not pine for it. Unlike Red Mosquito, I had to wait a year longer to finally hear Red Mosquito again. When I first played No Code, I wasn't sure until that track played and I recognized it from the night. I re remember some of the banter from that night right before they played Red Mosquito. Ed thanked us all for coming back, asked us to turn up the lights, and said, so these are the people I would have seen in San Francisco if I could lift my head. My butt hurts just thinking of it. As, <laughs> and he, as he said many times at many shows since, we'll play until they tell us to stop. A few other details. I missed the chandelier they used that hung over them during every show. The show began in the daytime. It looked especially pretty when the lights grew brighter as the sun set. Also, before the show began, Eddie came out to say hi, thanked us for coming back, and played Dead Man Walking. Some people call it Dead Man. Other people call it Dead Man Walking. Yeah, I always called it Dead Man, but I guess... That's how it is on Lost Dogs, but right. who knows. Uh... I remember feeling reassured to see him that he was healthy and the show was really going to happen. And they blew us all away. Everyone chanted Eddie's name and that's pretty much all I can remember. So yeah, that's uh, thank you. That, that was, that was awesome. We couldn't have asked for anything better. I think the bar has been set uh, when it comes to stories. Yeah. Seriously going, going, going back to be able to read from a diary to a, a real, first person perspective of what was going on on the day it happened right is is really cool and really uh 
uh, uh, different for for the podcast. So we we've had people call or write in and tell us what they remember about it. But really being able to go back and read like a manuscript of it is pretty different. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Maria. And uh, I hope you weren't mortified. Oh, was, that was a good tie-in. <laughs> all right so the openers this night were the fastbacks and a very young ben harper which uh from some comments that i heard i read on uh facebook that this was really the, a, a lot of people's first time hearing ben harper i sure. really don't know the fastbacks very much but i'll have an opinion later all right so um i think we mentioned this in reading uh that eddie was kind of doing preset sets beforehand that was just him and not the rest of the band and and this is the earliest that i can remember i i know of seeing this i'm not saying that it hadn't happened uh before this but uh ed comes out and this is the first appearance of dead man First time ever hearing this song live, uh, him ever playing it. And this was uh, a song that was intended for no code, but it was also intended for a soundtrack of some sort. I, I can't remember which one, but I believe that whatever soundtrack it was, Bruce was chosen to, to have the song on it. So, yeah, I'll have to go back and, and check. I, I should have checked beforehand, but... Uh, this ended up being a lost dog instead. Um, what do you what do you what do you think of the song? I know you're critical of Ed. Uh, so so I I really appreciate the the idea as we talked about of the Eddie warm up get people in the seats. Is it necessary here for a makeup show? No. Um, do I like this? No. Is it boring? Yeah. Guitar playing is very choppy. I think if we said in the running show, he he's grown. To be a better musician, if he did that oh, nowadays, uh, it would be it would be excellent. You know, right, I right. I get ninety five. He's still, you know, he's a front man that that plays guitar from time to time. He he didn't play guitar in Bad Radio Live either. So this sure. is something. But this is why I still, like I said, I I do appreciate what he's doing because he wants these opening bands to be heard. Uh, you know, a very young Ben Harper uh, and his band. Yep. Get get people in the seats. I think that's a great idea, and I, I can't fault him for that. I think that's a, a really wonderful thing he does or, or did. Of course, it's not necessary now because you're in your seat on time for a Pearl Jam show. That's you. If there's one thing you're on time for, it, I don't even I don't care if it's if, if it's your own wedding, you're on time <laughs> for a Pearl Jam show. So it's not necessary anymore. I've been guilty of not being on time just once. That's it. <laughs> don't, we'll, we'll, we'll get you to your wedding. Don't worry, Randy. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so I appreciate it here. I, I do. I, I like that he did that. I don't oh, like this. Okay. I don't like this performance. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, 
the worst thing about this is that there's a freaking crowd surfer during this. <laughs> you saw that too, right? <laughs> yeah. What is he doing? He's like, yeah, Jetman, I've never heard this song before, but woo! Uh, all right, so now they play. he comes out and plays Dead Man, and then you get the fastbacks, you get Ben Harper, and uh, time for Pearl Jam. It's still light out, obviously. And the crowd starts chanting for Eddie. And uh, something is on fire in the middle of the stage. It's really tough to tell what it is. I don't know if it's like logs or like a flaming garbage can. But it lasts for like two songs or so. Were you able to tell? I was going to ask you what that was. I couldn't tell. Just there. This is bootleg video that's out there that's available on YouTube. It's the whole show. It's uh, It's of course from very far away. (laughs) Yeah. It's... you remember the scene in Angels in the Outfield where they're like in the tree trying to watch the game from binoculars? Yes. That's what this camera looks like. And I remember that because obviously that was one of our favorite movies oh, growing up. Yeah. We probably watch that movie every single day. That sounds about right. Yeah. that what, Wherever that VHS tape is now, it's probably destroyed from us watching it so much. Yeah. But... Maybe maybe it's just logs, and because it could be cold in the valley in no, November, who knows? But uh, the stage setup is really bland. They're, Very bland. Yeah, there's no no backdrop, no band logo. It, it's it's blank, and yeah, you can see that that chandelier, but right. Even even uh, Jack Irons has his little. He's got more of like a jazz kit. Yeah, but he's sitting he's sitting so low. He he's almost invisible back there. It's very open where like Matt is hidden by all the symbols. He, his is, uh, Jack's is very more simplistic set. Right. Right. But you know, with Matt and, and their stage show now, everything is so big, you know, he's hidden by his big drum set. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But this backdrop, this big blank backdrop in this, this big stage, it, it just makes everything look so small i guess you could say <laughs> yeah and i'll get to jack in a second because you know that's, that's a good point between jack and matt that I'll, I'll make i believe it was during release i'm gonna get to jack a lot in the show but yeah keep going okay um did you see the pink balloon floating all over the place there's a pink balloon okay and yeah that's a lot of a lot of stuff being thrown in the air you were, couldn't really tell what it was but i i, th- I think i saw a couple shoes Maybe some shoes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a flannel shirt or something like that too. Maybe. So, uh, all right. So the band starts out, and the first song they start out with is "Release," and uh, I really love the front row just swaying back and forth, and more people are crowd surfing. And I guess during release, it's it's still stupid, but I, I guess I understand it. Right. This sounds good. You know, going back to you know last week's show, I'm going to be comparing a lot, but this sounds good. I think this is a better version of Atlanta. If I, I think this one's a little better, but what I will say about this show, and I have a lot of opinions about this show, is that the crowd participation uh, never stops, which I really appreciate. Yes, here it's released and people are crowd surfing. Sure, you know what they'll. It's getting into it, except for that one guy who keeps crowd surfing that I keep <sighs> seeing, but and I I think he's being obnoxious, but I think he just wants th- people to touch him. Uh, yeah, just touch touch my touch my pants, touch my shorts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the the sway and the it. Yeah, it's a it's a good opener here. Yeah, one of the things I wrote here. It 
about the song that uh, I said last week it sounded choppy, but this one felt like it grooved a lot more, which is what we're used to now. Yes, yes, and that's something I'm uh, I bring up a little bit more too. Uh, the groove the groove here is good. Do you do you think it's because of uh, Jack's influence? I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> he does t- he does tear it up during this chorus though. The last one. He he really he really goes uh goes nuts on it. I did like that. I'm gonna get to that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna put all my cards out on the table in the very first song because then I'll have nothing to talk about. <laughs> Shall you prepare for the condition critical uh soundbite a couple times? I'm, I'm going to be giving it to myself, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I don't have too many bad notes here, but uh, according to your text this morning, I should be prepared. Be prepared. Oh, boy. <laughs> Interesting, the security guards. Did you see the security guards? They're wearing, like, the blue vests, uh, and it looks like they're out of, like, a Cal- California biker gang. I actually thought they looked pretty spiffy. like they were like right after the show they were going out somewhere you know and they all were i don't know it was uh Uh, i did notice that there was something weird something off about those security cards yeah that up not funny yeah i couldn't tell if it was denim or not it didn't look like (laughs) denim but it was it might as well have been denim (laughs) yeah there yeah there was there was something there i definitely noticed that too but uh the, the fat the, the fashion winner of the night might be uh, our good old friend Stone Gossard, who's wearing the high white socks and shorts, although I, I can't tell if they're velvet or not. I don't think they were, but he looks like he just, uh, I don't know, it's like, <laughs> it's just what you wear around the house, you know? Yeah, right. It's casual Saturday or Sunday around the house. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff and Eddie, they don't really dress up that much either, but it's stage, no, but they... it's, it's stage, stage wear. Yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Stone is just, Stone's just wearing like a free shirt Friday giveaway. <laughs> and, <laughs> like his shorts. I, lo- I love Stone so much. <laughs> is, is Jack Irons wearing a turtleneck during this? <laughs> It looked like he was. Yeah, I think he might have been. I think he might have been. Ah, that okay. <laughs> um, second song in last week was Rearview Mirror. Second song this week is this. <laughs>
Would you ever guess that we'd ever play a version of Evenflow on this show? I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say yes just for this show because I think Evenflow, after release here, especially in 1995, this is the perfect spot. I agree. I think it's awesome. The The crowd is really pumped up during the this. They're is, going crazy. Pumped up. Yep. Now you're allowed to crowd surf. Ne- I yep. give you full permission. Uh, totally fine during Evenflow, and uh, it just it just sounds good after release, especially when you still have now a few albums worth of quote unquote singles and hits to fall back on. Evenflow is safe to do second here to really get the crowd moving. Sure, and it's still popular at this time and absolutely and and it works because this set stays moving for a a pretty good amount of time so this works yeah and uh last week we talked a lot about dave a and here's my thing with jack for this one um he looks like he's putting in a lot of effort when he plays and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just so much different than what Matt does. Uh, Matt, everything he does looks effortless. It looks like he was born to be a drummer. It looks like he's a machine. He could do it. Jack looks like he is working to the bone every single song and that his arms are going to freaking fall off. Jack has... Um, it's a very violent style. Yeah, he's got a style where it's he really... It's like he puts a lot of weight into it. It's a very jazzy style it's like gumby you know like his arms are really they're really moving but he's i i I, i'm I'm, all right i'm gonna give you just a little teaser jack is my favorite part of this entire show and there's gonna be a lot of moments where i talk about him i I, he's he's a lot of fun to watch i really like watching him play yeah i completely agree and and again it looks like he's his arms are about to fall off at some point he's gonna have a seizure so um, yeah glad Glad he stuck with it. Uh, next up glad is last. You, glad you stuck with the drums there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> next up is last exit, and it's. Um, I said this about a couple of different songs, and maybe this is where you have a little bit of problem with things. But it's choppy and gritty, and it's a little off, but very garage band sounding. This is a song that I don't mind sounding like that. I feel like last exit doesn't really have to be perfect, and I'm going to say that about another song moving forward too. So. I have problems with the show, but Last Exit to me actually sounded okay because the grit there uh, uh, works with the song. I kind yeah, you know what? I kind of liked how it, it did have that garage band feel to it because when you listen to it on the album, it, it sounds produced and maybe uh, it should be a song that should sound like a demo almost. That it, it sounds. You get more of a, a big stage feel when you listen to it on a studio album, but sometimes, like like this live situation here, uh, they're able to just kind of just play it and sound like they're they're kids, you know. And while it was a little clunky at times, and I'm sure you know, of course they do it tighter now, but uh, you give a lot of props to Brennan O'Brien for making a what is a typical garage band type song sound so professional to lead off an album sure so uh anything else on last exit we can move on to animal yeah definitely animal uh my first thought was it sounded really bassy could just be how the audio was but yeah it could have been i i didn't i didn't really notice that but um i could i, I could go back and listen to it but um 
I had another. Do you, do you have more stuff to say about it? Because I just had I, one more point. I wanted to see if you agreed with me on, on something I, I wrote down about Animal. Uh, I, the only thing I'll say is that uh, this is a really tough one to have new notes on. This is kind of like another daughter where we've heard it. We, we hear it a lot and come up in these shows. And I, I uh, it always sounds really good. And, and I just it's in its normal spot that we usually see it in nowadays. And I really don't have too much else. So if you have something else, I'm, I'm let's listen. Yeah, just real quick, and I'm I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because with a few shows seeing animals sprinkled in here, or there, different a few different spots, animals starting to become very placement specific to me. Okay, and I still don't know where I like it the most, and I st- and I I don't know if I will ever know because <laughs> I, I because I like the song, like I don't know if it works well here because. Animal to me is specific to what comes after it and what comes before it. So this feels a little bit uneven to me. And I think Animal is going to be one of those ones that is always like a like a, a, a stick stuck in the spokes. Like it's it'll either completely derail something for me because I'm not sure where I want it to be placed. Or it'll hit me in like the perfect spot. And this one really has me conflicted on that. I don't know if I like it here because of what's before and after it. You know, I feel like I've seen it after last exit before, and I feel like I'm okay with it. I mean, this is a very, like I said, this is a very typical spot for Animal. So um, it has some complacency. But last week, where it was in, I don't know, like a mid-set spot, I think I like that a little more than this. You know what I think it is? I think it's I think it's even Flo's fault being so early. I think that might be what Does it, it is. Does it suck what's, the wind out of some of this? It might be what's throwing me off about this. Now, if you had switched Animal and Even Flow, I think that would be a different story. But okay, but I like but I like Even Flow second here too. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're coming from. Um, that it's just kind of the pacing of it. I. I, I I think I agree with you. I really don't like dissonant after this. I think that if you were to do anything after it, maybe uh, I keep thinking that even flow would work really well after it. But um, I agree, and I'm going to actually come back to that in a couple songs. Sorry, I meant to ask you. Dissident is next, right? Yep, dissident is here. Okay, I just made one more quick note. This is where I was really listening, and I said the drums are mixed wonderfully. In this, the drums sound so good in Animal, going into Dissident. I, I love them. I love them so much. Wow, you're you're. I, this is a, a 180 from what I thought you were going to say about I, Jack. Ja- I'm giving Jack Iron so much credit on this show. Uh, he sounds fantastic. And I'm going to give Ed credit on this one. I'm going to give Mike a little credit too because I think he crushed the opener. Um, Ed. I think this was one of my favorite Ed tracks of the night. I think it was very, very much like the album in the same way that it was, it was very trademark of him. He had the, the Eddie dialect to him and sure. Sure. Are you talking about dissident now? Yeah, I am talking about dissident. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't have too many problems with this. All I wrote for this one was that I didn't think it was as good as last week's. Probably not. No, it, it wasn't completely a, a lost cause at all. It was, I thought it was a, a little sloppy in, in, in spots, but uh, not enough to get in a twist over. But uh, I thought I thought last week's was a little better. Yeah, and like you know, we've been covering a lot of verses lately, so this, you know, especially Dissident and Animal and a couple of these other songs. So uh, you know, it, there's not too much difference right. between the two. But I think that um, the verse here 
as opposed to the chorus. The chorus was probably a little bit uh, a little better last week, but the verses here, he just kind of nails with his just trademark sound uh, more than any other song here. So, um, from dissident to not for you, which I'm gonna play for you. Oh, for me? Are you listening right now? Uh, probably. Okay, it'll be for you and everybody else that's listening, including myself. tell that this is going to be a kick-ass version of this song um it's probably one of my favorite performances from not for you that i've heard uh so far as we're doing all this research uh might be one of my favorite songs of the night too yeah uh i thought the band performed it well but another running theme for me in this show is i'm missing a lot of wow moments I'm not getting wow moments from this show and not for you is a song that if there isn't a really good wow moment, it's, it, it becomes very monotone for me and that's kind of what I took away from it. So I, I'm a little bit the opposite of you on, on, on this song. Okay. I see. I thought this was like just heavier and angrier, you know? Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I think we use the word blender the last time we covered it but i don't mind a blender song because they're very important at the same time right and i and i love not for you i i love the song it didn't fall flat for me here but my notes say it started a bit of a downward spiral going forward okay okay this is uh my first stone comment of the night it looks like he's having guitar issues if you watch him his back is to the audience which he, he tends to do from time to time uh, and it sounds like he's focusing on trying to hear himself on the amp. He kind of like puts his ear to it a little bit. I noticed that a few times. It, it seemed that Stone was either unhappy with his stage tone or the way things were going. 
uh, something is very off, I think, with Stone the whole the entire night, um, or at least up until the first encore, because he seems he seems a little distracted. I think yeah. would be a, a, a word for it. Seems distracted, and he knows what's going to happen next. Right. Um, and, and I, I kind of, I tease him throughout this whole time. I, I turn his, <laughs> you know, being distracted by something into him just being a total, total nerd, total dork. So. I love him though. Yeah. If that was it. And, uh, the crowd, the crowd loves this one, by the way, they're throwing shit in the air, like beach balls and clothes and everything like that. I think I saw the shoe. I think I saw a shoe at this, at, 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 uh, not for you. So. Um, again, I can't knock the crowd participation. They're they're having a great time. Yeah, um, agreed. And after after not for you, they go into a little jam, and it transitioned quite nicely into rearview mirror, which is again placed in another spot in the set that we won't see in 2018. Yeah, uh, I am not a fan of it here, uh, and this one definitely does not sound nearly as good as last week's at all. Yeah, Mike Mike did something a little crazy during the chorus, uh, the first one, and I really liked that. It was a lot different. Um, a really, really nice long bridge in the song. I can see how maybe you'd think it got a little boring. Um, I was calling it a Golden Gate Bridge, by the way. Yeah, nice long, nice long bridge. A uh, few nice moments, but no wow, no wow factor here. And the overall performance, uh, I said the downward spiral. Uh, Eddie's showing some signs here that's gonna that's gonna really come out in this show. And I did not like this version. Yeah, I think last week was much better. It set the tone for for the show, and this was just weird spot. I I, I, I feel very like, weird spot. I feel like it is playing around with it, but. Um, I like the transition from Not For You. I think it could work in a different spot later in the set. This is barely mid-set, you know? I, I agree with that. I agree with that, yes. So, all right, after this one, Eddie sounds like he's playing Needle and the Damage Done before leading into Elderly Woman. Mm-hmm. And it's just Eddie at first. It's not acoustic. It sounds raw, but the band jumps in and it starts to sound really good. And uh, it's Stone still trying to hear himself. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I keep saying, is he like, is he trying to hear himself on the amplifier? Or is he just like, I really love the look of my amp. I don't want to look at the crowd. I just want to look at my amp. Yeah, well, another running trend I had through this show was uh, especially watching, uh, you know, skimming through the video. Again, I don't want to say it too early. Uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to say it until it comes up to where it's more prominent. Okay. Keep Keep going. But did you like Elderly Woman? Were you were you okay with this, or was it just kind of subpar? So yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry. I, I told you when I, I was talking to you this morning. I have I have an, an unusually large amount of notes for this show. The show really confused me in in a lot of ways. So what I said for Small Town was I, I thought it I thought it sounded very good. I felt like it needed to be switched with something. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves here because there's a little cool little tease in the middle, but I, I said uh, go following Small Town. It's, it sounds good. It's a, it's a good I'm sorry, excuse me. It's a good idea. That's something they would do in an encore now when they right, start but, out the encore with three three or four slow songs and then they, then they would go in a go. Sure. So so I thought the, the lead up to Small Town was not working. And how I said with Evenflow and Animal earlier, I feel like Rearview Mirror in this spot is now this catalyst to a very lopsided set 
leading forward with um, small town and 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 uh, go after that. Now it transformed from even flow, making things a little wonky with with um, animal. Now it's rearview mirror that's making things a little wonky with small town and into go. So it, was, it se- seemed a little lopsided to me uh, in in this way. But I wrote down my my note for small town. Besides that was well performed by band, great instrumentation. Eddie not so much. Again, Eddie is starting to uh, fall off the rails for me here, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more moving forward. Okay, that's and look, that's your take. Um, I. I don't think I thought about it at the time. I didn't mind it. It's definitely unique, but um, you know, when you're at Vitalogy time and you have three albums that you're really working with here, uh, you can kind of play around a little bit. And instead of now, where it's just kind of like things seem to tend to get certain spots, and Rearview Mirror is a popular, you know, closer spot. Sure, and I'll give them the the benefit of the doubt, of course, because I'm I'm a big believer in hey, there was just not as much material back then. Yeah. So I, I could give them the benefit of the doubt there. There's just yeah, I feel I feel like there's a little bit of a switch up that could have been made that could have made this a little smoother for me. Yeah, I thought I thought his vocal performance though on Small Town was he was coming in very pitchy. I sound like an American Idol uh, judge here. It's, <laughs> it's pitchy, man. It's pitchy. But you know what? He hasn't he hasn't fully developed into. He's still at this point, still figuring out what kind of vocalist he's going to be. He hasn't matured into what we know of him uh, now. Okay, but that excuse isn't going to fly when we get into some of some of the songs that he's been singing for years now, um, okay. le- leading up to them. So I'll, maybe I'll give it to you for that, the, the, the more of the ballad type Eddie. Right. We don't have a lot of ballads at this point. But that was your, uh, that was your one-time use on that excuse for this show moving <laughs> forward. Uh, okay, so transitioning from elderly woman to go, Ed drinks a bottle of wine and starts singing, take a bottle, drink it down, pass that around. Loved it. Yep. Loved it. Of yep. course. Uh, little tease. I don't, I don't, I think, I think they had done the recording of Crazy Mary at the time. I think that was out already, but it wasn't like a set staple or anything like that that we've seen. It was supposed to be on verses, right? But it was left off the album. The it was off of one of the sing. It was like a B side off of one of the singles. It was I a B side. I think it's included in like in as the last song on deluxe editions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, right. that sounds about right. Yeah. So it, you know, it's probably around. People know it, but I don't think it was a prominent live song at the, at the time. No. Uh, Go is next, and uh, the next couple songs, it's it's all verses, you know, from Rearview Mirror onward. Uh, it's really verses for the next five. Um, I, verses had the most songs in here. The only songs they didn't play from verses were Rats and Leash. Vitalogy, they only played six songs. That I felt was weird. Maybe it's because it's a year after it came out. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that is that is curious. So, I, what's what do you have on go? Because I thought they they tore they tore the shit out of it. So so no, I, I thought Eddie again was very sloppy on this. I thought it felt dragged overall, um, not in a good way. Like last week, last week I thought it was a little dragged, but I thought it was a, a very catchy rhythm to it. The drums on this, it wasn't fun or interesting like Dave A had on last week's. I thought Dave A's uh, version of go live version of go was so much fun. And this one was, Jack is constantly speeding up and slowing down. The, the tempo on this song is 
all over the place. There's there wouldn't be an excuse for that because he he had been playing it all year. You can at at some points I'm sure early in 1995 you could say the excuse. Oh well, you know. He doesn't know these songs very well, but at this right, point, right, exactly. And you know what? I do think they tear it up on this. But I, when you when you put the sections together, like like the verses will sound good, and then like the chorus sounds good. But the chorus only sounds good by itself because it's it'll be so sped up. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with with the performances except for Eddie. I think Eddie sounds terrible on it. I think he had a ra- rage and spirit. I, I wrote Ed's rage and spirit lives in this performance. No, which I'm not we, sure what I meant. But we talked we talked about this last week where Eddie's performance, where he's falling a little flat or he's he's going a little overboard with the with the vocals and the screaming, uh, uh, was was such a good performance. This is not performance. This is Eddie is is having trouble singing and he he doesn't sound good here. Uh, leading forward, Eddie is is completely falling flat on his face for me. Sometimes emotion can be the the trigger of all this, though. You know, a lot of people I, will remember the emotion. They won't remember, you know, in hindsight, they won't remember. Hey, he was a little off on go. They're gonna remember he was he was screaming it. He was like putting his heart out into it, not that it fell flat. And that's why the crowd participation is so good because at the time that's probably how it sounded. Going back and listening to it, it's obvious that it is just very poor vocal work, and that that's how I heard it. But at the time, I'm sure it was very emotionally charged and very um, energetic. Being in the crowd, uh, listening to it as a bootleg, it it it's just a poor performance for me. I guess that. We, uh, in 11 episodes, have become a little jaded to the fact that we've been listening to so many of these. And we, we've been listening to so many good shows. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> you know, I guess you get thrown a little bit off base when you hear something you don't like. So I got to be honest, it, it's it's kind of nice to be able to really uh, get some get some of my feelings out that that, <laughs> uh, that that isn't just me saying the same thing every week where I'm like, go, hey. This is my favorite performance of Go because I love the song. No, I I hate I hate it. I hate this. Uh, I don't think it sounds good. Well, I'm I'm glad that you have deeper opinions about this because I really like the show and I, I didn't find a lot of things wrong with it. Um, okay. You know that you okay. bring that you bring up stuff with Ed's voice. I don't agree with that, but bringing up that you know rearview mirror into elderly woman and even flow in the beginning was a little uh, set weird tones for the for the show. Like okay, you're selling me on that, but I I. I thought Eddie was actually really good at this show. So that's, you know, that is, that is a mind blowing statement to me. I don't know how that's possible because it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't, it has to sound good. I thought it sounded fine. I thought, I, I thought his emotion was all into it. I, I, I thought he left everything on the table. I, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say like that. I, I thought he hit the notes when he had to you know no you have to hit the notes every time what he left on the table was his voice when he walked on stage and he should have brought it with him i disagree i disagree i liked what i heard i liked what i heard and maybe you hear things a little bit differently than i hear them because i hear them more as a fan and i i i don't you know i don't hear you know, if he sounds a little flat, if he sounds a little sharp, if he sounds yeah, whatever, yeah. because I'm, I'm if, not. If the, if the energy, if the energy is good, I, I understand that. But I, I said it in episode one. I listen to performance, and if you're flat from the band and you're not performing well enough, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not just going to say, hey, I'm a fan and I, you know, I, I, I enjoy the performance and the energy of it. I'm going to I'm going to say it how it is. I'm going to say I don't like it. I appreciate you not sugarcoating anything. I just said, you know, <laughs> in never. this instance, I don't dis- I, I disagree with you. Um, moving on to Glorified G. Let's move on. Uh, I didn't I because I've never seen the song live. I guess I didn't know that Jeff played a stand up on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's. It sounds great too, doesn't it? It did, yeah. It, it was sounds really cool. amazing. His his uh the mix on the bass in Glorify G is one of my favorite par- parts of this night. Uh his uh, and and uh, of course in Daughter as well, but yeah, his mix on his bass in Glorified sounds fantastic in the show. Yeah, I agreed. I think that was the best part of of this song. Um the maybe not the worst part, but the <laughs> Stone's backup vocals just kind of like shuffling up to the mic to just say the one phrase while Ed, and this is not my favorite type of version of the song. I like the, I can steal your heart from your neck sure. and they don't do that here. I guess they don't do it live. Right. They didn't do it. They didn't do it at the Atlanta show last week either. They, they did that little different thing. I don't know what they're saying, but right. I, you know, but stone kind of shuffles up and, and, he says that and he kind of like shuffles back a little bit and it just doesn't sound like he's singing. It sounds like he's just talking like stone. I agree. And it sounded like his, it sounded like his microphone just wasn't mixed as well uh, for the whole night. It was a little low. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he was feeling it, but I also wrote here that we have seen glorified G's played recently and yeah, Mike is all up on the front of the stage and even stones doing it, whatever. They look so bored during this performance. There's a couple of them that they're not moving. Mike especially is not moving around no, at the show, and I, I wonder. I, I, I wrote them down. There's, they look bored here. It seems to be affecting the group. I don't know. And uh, again, man, Eddie can't make it. Eddie can't make it on this track. There was smoke puffing up in the air. I'm not sure if it was due to a fog machine or <laughs> a little bit of the green monster. Um, daughter, and this is the last of this string of five versus songs in a row. And it sounds like Jeff or somebody isn't in tune at first and it almost sounds intentional, but they get back to the kind of right. I thought I, I thought I heard that on stones End. there, there was something a little, a little wonky uh, in the start. It sounded like it sounded wonky, but it almost sounded intentional. Yeah, it could have. I mean, you know, Jeff's got his upright, it could have just been, you know, it's fretless. So, you know, yeah. was, I I noticed that I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but you know what? I enjoyed this. Um, you did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed this performance. I thought this was a solid performance of daughter. I thought it, I thought it was mixed. Well, everything sounded good. And dude, I'm going to bring back my, my, my um, point about the drum mix. The drums in this song are so poppy and snappy. It drives the song home. This, it, the drums sound amazing on the song. And, and I love it. I will say, though, the tags in it, however, are not doing it for me. They sound a little lazy. Not into the tags. It lingers on really long. And lingers is a perfect word for it. Yes. Yeah. Fucking linger, man. Yeah, totally. Linger. Hardcore. Ah. Yeah. And, and they just kind of they, they do their best impression of Fish or whoever that whoever. just jams from the next 10 minutes. And the tags here were Young Man's Blues and WMA. And man, okay, if you take anything out of this podcast, take this out of this podcast. 
it is really depressing that WMA, for all these years, has been rele relegated to tag duty. And they've basically been tagging it since since Versus came out. Because like we said last week, that, that performance was only the fifth out of 17, 17 times that they had played it full. Right. And, and I get not having Dave on, Dave A on the song takes away from what makes it special, but Last Exit's drummer plays it just fine. I think MFC can play it just as well. Go see Last Exit, the uh, the Pearl Jam tribute band, who we mentioned a few times. Watch them play WMA. It was it was it was awesome, man. I, th when they played that song, I was blown away. I stood there with my jaw wide open. That is your father's WMA. That is what I want out of this band, and I don't understand why we can't get it in 2018. It was fantastic. the The, the way the cover band did it the other night was fantastic. You can have your Dirty Frank campaigns. You can have your Leash campaigns. But here's my campaign: play WMA in full, consistently, in 2019. Like like how it's recorded. That's what I want. I'm yep. with you. Absolutely. I think the fans will dig it. Don't do it as a tag. We're sick of it as a tag. I'm sick of... Look, we're going to get a thousand more daughters on this show, and we're going to hear it. It's inevitable. But I want to hear the whole damn thing. Just play it for us. Because that's what makes this song special. It's, it's a powerful song. The message is powerful. And I get maybe, okay, can Ed hit those high notes now? Well, maybe he wants to lay out a little bit because there are better songs to hit high notes for. I would understand that, but you know what? It's it's a song that he could kind of lay back on a little bit because it's it's a, it could be a very ambient song, a very room filling song to where let, let the instruments take care of it. Just not acoustically. Don't do it acoustically. acoustically. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah no, just I don't mean do it original. No. Do it how right. they did originally. Right. I wish they did, and I wish we could send this message to them. Put a message in a bottle, send it, you know, across the the plains of the Midwest over to Seattle. And then before you know it, a year has passed since I wrote my note. So, yeah, that's if you take anything out of this podcast and you can help me out, you can help us out here, you know. A lot of signs at shows that say, play Leash, you pussies, and play Dirty Frank, and... and Vetter for president. No, start making WMA posters, please. Yes. The frickin' now. Do it now. Yes. We gotta get our street team on that. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> um, Deep is next, and we're off of Versus, which is, again, it's not a bad thing, but we've we've done it a lot, so... Uh, this is a good version of Deep. I think Atlanta has it beat because Atlanta was oh, a, yeah. an all-timer, but um, the last verse, it, it gets really quiet before going back into the insanity for the final chorus, so there's a little bit more build there, but um, this was this was a good version. I, I, I just yeah. think the last version's one that's going to be listened to forever. Right, right. I said, I said, you know, this this version, it's not bad. I said it sounded a little better than last week, only because it's it's dialed back a little bit more and it's a little bit more focused. But last week's was so off the walls, which makes it so much more epic of a performance. So yeah. I'm a little torn. I like I like both of them because I like it being a little bit more, as I said, focused than last week. Is Dave a better fit for for Deep than Jack is? I, it would seem to me like it would be. 
it, maybe maybe on the surface, because we're talking about how it sounded last week, how it was it was this really energetic performance that Dave A really pulled off well. But again, I I, I like how Jack plays this too. I, I like this I like this version as well. I like how it sounds. And I just wrote at the end there, not loving Eddie. He's he's slowly just deteriorating here. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm comparing. It is that also, the end of the tour. It's a very long tour, my I'm, dude. I, but I'm I'm comparing that also to last week, where where Deep was just uh, yeah, top notch in every single spot. Yeah. Um, next up is Jeremy, and sounds like Jeff is trying a little something different in the intro. Maybe an extra note or two. Did you notice that? Yeah, what he did was he uh, was messing around. I think with the uh, with his pattern. You know, he plays he plays that throughout, but it sounded like he was switching up the pattern a little bit here, which was cool. Nice little intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked a couple of the pauses because he would play it, and it sounded like Mike had missed his cue on a couple of those you know single notes that he plays there. Mm-hmm. And Jeff is just out there. He'll play the bass part and hit that, and it pauses, waiting for. Mike to come in and Mike misses it and Jeff is just standing there like in in no man's land. <laughs> He's like a bass player alone, which is the worst thing in the world oh, as a bass player. You never want to be out there just stranded as a bass player. There's nothing worse than that. Unless you're Les Claypool. Fuck Les Claypool. I'm so over Les Claypool. Man. Hey. So that's hey, that's for that's for a different that's for a whole different podcast right there. But uh, <laughs> I I think this was a uh, good for after deep. I think yes. it was a good pick me up. Right. And I man, it, this is this is weird for me. As as you could tell, I I am not loving the show, but surprisingly, just like Daughter, I liked this performance of Jeremy. I'm very backwards wow. today, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, that is very strange. I'm Team Jack. I'm loving Daughter. I'm loving Jeremy. What happened? I I didn't care I didn't care for Daughter. I actually liked this version of Jeremy though. Yeah, yeah, I liked I, it too. I agree. That, that's I think it's the weather on Long Island here. We've been having some really strange weather. It's kind of... It's nasty here, too. Yeah, it's kind of turning me around. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Ed says, we were talking with Harper and the Fastbacks, and he says that the crowd look great, looks great. Eddie hasn't really talked a lot during the show. He's still pretty no, shy. He hasn't. You know, and the crowd did look great. The crowd did look great. Yep. That's, I'm, uh... I'm, I'm still going to go on, on that uh, a few more times. The crowd does look great. Okay, here's where I think we're going to argue a lot. We're going to play because you said this was one of the ones in particular. You said your words. You were going to turn it off after this song. I was halfway through this song listening to the bootleg, and I, I seriously considered turning it off and not listening to the rest of it. Yes. All right. Well, let's listen to it. Okay. Do we have to? Uh, you're editing it, so... It's up to you. All right, I'll, I'll put it in.
an extended intro, and the intro on this feels a lot closer to the album intro version, and I I would have to say that it's not as tightened up as we hear it now, but th- that's the evolution of this song. Yeah, right off the bat, I thought the drums were a little strange in that in that intro. Uh, it was less of a build and more of a lead-in. Um, other notes I have for this that I said, what the fuck, Stone? It looks like he's walking in place and strumming like he's epileptic. I love when Stone does that, though. I mean, that's Stone's move. <laughs> it's I love so it. Weird. It's just so weird, and I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've, I've stood in front of him at a show before, and I guess I wasn't paying attention. I guess he wasn't that energetic that night, but it just... Sometimes you can just be so strange. I, I just don't know what else to it's, say. You know, it's part of his charm, though, and it comes through it in his writing. And it's he's that's he's my favorite. He's my all time favorite. I'm going to go back to the Garage Man comment. I think that sure. this is a really raw version of Corduroy, and again, this sounds like a Garage Band version of the song, which is okay. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the like we said with that last exit, just newer songs that they're still really figuring out a groove with live. And I kind of like the garage band aspect with it because we have such epic versions of it nowadays that feel like real arena rock. This feels like, this feels like club rock. Okay. I could agree to that. The only problem is that garage bands have to progress to make it to where Pearl Jam is where they're playing. So sometimes you have to leave a little bit of that garage band in the garage. So my notes wrote, or what I wrote in my notes was, one, I hate the placement. I hate it here in the set. It does not feel right. It feels lopsided. It feels out of place. Although on the surface after Jeremy, it kind of makes sense there, but it's strange. It's a strange placement. I think it's because it's not towards the end or towards the beginning. Again, with Animal, it's very confusing. We've we've covered Corduroy in a couple different spots before, and right, right. It's just it could be confusing in some spots to me. Mind you, they're still figuring out Corduroy at the stage in the game. Sure, sure. So I can give it the benefit of the doubt there. Um, what I can't give it the benefit of the doubt is that, like I said, it begins uh, a little bit disjointed there, Jack. He's having trouble zoning in on the groove. There's a groove there that I feel like other drummers have gotten a little better, mm-hmm. and. Um, I feel like he's he's missing the mark on the performance of it a little bit. Only in the beginning. It, he sounds fine the rest of the way. That lead-up, though, the build-up to Corduroy, I think, is kind of important, and I, I, I don't think it really hits here. Okay. Now, back to the garage band thing that you said. Yeah. It sounds like Eddie's trying to be edgy and raw here at this point instead of just singing the song. And there are points in these verses where it is a complete swing and a miss. Eddie sounds absolutely horrible and i said in my car i wrote down to myself i said what the fuck is he doing and that is where i i almost shut the bootleg off and i almost didn't finish finish this entire show i really didn't want to go any further the the verses in this in this uh, corduroy were so offensive to me that I, I i didn't want to i didn't want to finish it at all jesus i i Horrible. Absolutely horrible. I don't know how to respond to that because now I feel like how did – I'm saying to myself in the back of my head, how did I not catch that? But to me, when I was listening to it, I didn't have any positive things to say about it. But because I didn't have any negative things to say about it, that means I I was okay with it. I liked it. See, I was – I'm kind of the same way. I was expecting corduroy. How could corduroy be bad? I was wrong. (laughs) 
Okay, if you want to, if you want to give, you know, if you don't want to give the uh, this is an early version excuse anymore, then then fine. But I I don't because it's it's recorded. Eddie sang in a certain way. He's not doing that here. He's not doing it live. Again, the evol- it, it has sometimes songs have to evolve. But this 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 isn't evolving. This is going backwards because he doesn't sound good. If if he if he sang it a different way than on the recording. And it sounded great, but it was different. That's a great evolution. He did not sound good. This is a step backwards. Well, considering this is the earliest we've ever covered Corduroy, what if we covered it from an earlier show this this year? And what if it also didn't sound that good? Then that means they are live. They are still evolving with it. I mean, this song hits on the album. It's It's a great sounding song. I don't think this song... Needs a lot of evolution, though. But we we've talked about this before that 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 studio studio recordings don't necessarily translate to live too well until they can figure it out later on. We we've mentioned that with low light, how maybe that they, they didn't think that low light was going to transition very well live, and look at it now. Sure, sure. I, I I agree. I don't place corduroy in that category though i don't think corduroy is a song that you need to try out different ways and evolve and even if you do that does not that does not change the fact that eddie is flat and eddie is singing off key and eddie cannot hit the notes this sounds like a song that that he hasn't sang in 20 years and he's trying it out again so there's evolution of songs which i agree with and i think help as we listened to last week with better man which was really fantastic i mean still one of my favorite points of last of last episode was that better man. Eddie is on a downward spiral starting very early in the set, and he can't sing it. That's it. It's not an evolution thing because the band zones in on it. Jack had a little bit of a problem in the be- in the beginning finding the groove a little bit. That could have been a creative choice, just building it up, whatever. That's that's fine. What matters here is Eddie cannot sing it, and that's it. It's not an evolution thing. It's not a try it out thing. He can't hit the notes. You want to know what's really weird? Because the next song, my notes were that I'm actually, this would be the only time that I've heard this song where I think Eddie nailed most of the lyrics live. He did. He did. And it's funny, I wrote, uh, for. by the way, we're talking about Lucan. Lucan, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote down, sigh, Eddie's downward spiral continues, but he hits every word and Lucan doesn't have to be perfect. I'll take it. It's, it's being played closer to album speed. I don't think that they've... You know, this is very early in the song. They played it 26 times before this, but obviously, you no know, code hadn't come out yet. So I don't know what the Pearl Jam f- fan mindset is about this song, anticipating it for no code. But, um, you know, I, I guess the bootleggers kind of had an idea of, of what the song was before hearing it on the album. But, uh, you know, this would later just become a song where. Let's see how fast we can play it and go. But when you see that now, it's a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. I don't I don't need it played like this or played like the album version now because I like seeing them just crush through it. You know what they should do with it now would be really funny. You know how at baseball games they um like they have kids, they'll do the the run up and grab the base and run back contest are you talking about when they put like big heads on people and they make them race around the stadium 
Oh, no, 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 not that. I'm actually talking about, like, actual kids from the crowd. They do this at Met games. Uh, they'll have them run up the third baseline from actual third base into somewhere in the outfield, pick up a base, and then run and bring it back. And they'll say, oh, you got to beat this score. You yeah, got to be talking about, like, like relay races. like when they- Yeah, where they have a timer that they time them on. They're like, oh, can you beat the last kid? Uh, it's 25 uh, seconds left. So are, are you saying Pearl Jam should have a timer so they and they have to try to beat their last performance? 100%. <laughs> okay. How great would that be? I really like that. I thought you were going to say they, they were going <laughs> to... I thought you were going to say they were going to have people come on stage and as they play the song have to do some kind of relay race <laughs> on <the> stage. <laughs> which I think would also be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win one of those big head races if they were all big heads? Would Stone trip over himself? I don't know. It would be great if they had a, you know, well, you know how Cheap Trick and Queen and Kiss and all those guys are always walking in on Pearl Jam shows. It would be great to have, you know, Roger Taylor and uh, and uh, Sting or something put on a put on a mask and then, all right, we're going to do Luke and you guys have to, you know, who could... Do, do like a ring around stone type game or something. <laughs> I think that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's gone off the rails, but uh, it's okay. We're, we'll get back on. Um, the most we've ever talked about Lucan ever, and probably the most we ever will. <laughs> we, you know what though, we haven't talked about Lucan since for a long time. I'm actually, I'm very surprised. Right. So right. you know, had to get it in. Yeah, that was good. We're going to play the next one for Maria because uh, she had mentioned this earlier in her story that she got very excited hearing it on the radio. So here is shit that you now have. Soon before this, uh, you know, after Mirrorball came out, uh, I'm not sure of the time frame for that. Mirrorball came out very close to the Golden Gate show, though. Uh, you know, I've always this this song, the intro for the song. I always 
it's strange because it's like on the album it's a little bit different but live you get used to the kind of the more plucky instead of strummy part so what do you like better out of that do you like it live or i think i like it live i thought this was performed well and get ready for it i thought eddie did a good job on this on this version he erupted during the first like the the pre-chorus when he said i got memories i got shit he erupted during that i thought this was a, a pretty pretty good performance yeah, I, I did too. And I, I agree with you. I think I, I like the live intro, which, you know, when, when Last Exit was playing it a couple of weeks ago when we, got to, when we got to see them, they did the album version. And I was actually confused as to what they were playing at first. I couldn't put my finger on it because I'm just not used to listening to that version much anymore. Right. And once they started singing, I'm like, oh, duh, okay. But... Yeah, you get used to it. Um, Doing this, we're going to go back and listen to album versions of songs and be like, this sounds weird. <laughs> all, we, all we do is listen to live bootlegs now. <laughs> right. Uh, Spin is next. And I feel like the two had a great transition between them into from I Got Shit into Spin. And uh, all I said was, it is violently fast and incredible. Uh, yeah. Um, so the band sounds good. And Jack... Again, Jack is super tight. Uh, mm. It's fast. It's fast, and the, the musicianship is great. Eddie's up and down on this. He's not terrible. There's some emotion and grit and and anger in there that is working very well. And then there are a couple points where there's this fine line between the grit and the anger, and where it crosses over into just bad vocals. So he's got both of that going on at, at the same time. For the most part, this is a good performance, but it's it's not consistent vocally the band sounds great yeah uh i again i really it was just one sentence that it was just violently fast so that's yeah yeah that's but jack dude jack man he's he's killing it he's I, killing uh, it on the show he does he does work with this band you know the and and you know what it, it really gives me so much pleasure to say that I, I really am really glad i was able to listen to this and form this new opinion on on live jack because i i have a new uh, uh, appreciation for him, so I'm I'm really happy for that. I think he's still under Dave on my list. I think he still comes after Dave. And I was singing a lot of praise for Dave A. Uh, the last show, but Jack is uh, Jack's moving up, man. I'm gonna listen to some more of his live stuff. I think he's gonna knock Dave A. right back down to where he was. Okay, this is a long first set, by the way. They they do a huge first set. Uh, let me look at how many songs it was exactly. Was it 26? First, uh, yeah, 24. So we're, Spin to Black was, uh, was 18. So 24 in total. Spin to Black Circle was 18. So it, it's getting, this is my one thing. I'm, it's just getting to be a little long. That's really, it's a, it's, right. it's a soft criticism. And, and really, I, I like when things are broken up and I like hearing, you know, a couple encores or more in an encore and just kind of taking a break and easing. And, I, sure. and maybe it's because being on the couch and taking notes and I, I kind of want a little bit of a break from taking notes. And, and it, it would probably be different if, if I was watching the show live. So, you know, sure. and I, the, the, I, I agree with the longer first set, but it it, uh, it does play into my rating a little bit later what I do like about it. So, okay. but it's, it's long. I wonder why, I wonder why they, they just crush through it. 
God. Well, you know what? Uh, it's because I, they had to make it up. Not only that, but they didn't they have <laughs> weren't they supposed to finish before it got dark? Stone says, and uh, I think that was there, a joke. Yeah, there aren't lights on the on the stairs or yeah. something, and they're afraid of the people. That, <laughs> that, that'll come a little later, but I I, I yeah. believe that was a joke. Could have been. So they all talk. Ed talks and says that this is all the people I could have seen if I lift my head up in San Francisco, which is what we heard before in the story. And it says they have a lot of songs and all of Crampton. So space out a little bit, and they're going to play until they're told to stop. And yeah, then, I thought I thought I heard him say something like he says, "The harder you go, we'll keep playing," or something like some, that. Some, yeah, you know, very typical try to rally things yeah, up. Yeah, and I said to myself, I said, "Oh, maybe you should just skip ahead to indifference and call it a night," because <laughs> I'm genuinely just worried about Eddie's voice at this at this moment. Yeah, um, I'm not, but I get where you're coming from. Uh, so the next one is a new song that um, was new at the time, but we got to hear it off of No Code. So uh, and I love it so much. Um and you know what? Uh this actually works really well here because they canceled the show because of what happened in the song. Yes. this version of red mosquito i thought it was paced well nice tight clean sounded good uh mike sounded great uh, mike stood out to me on this one yes agree he's playing the slide guitar and it sounds really good it fits it fits it's, yeah it's butter smooth fits nice yep i wonder the chorus sounded a little wonky but I, I wonder if it was on purpose like it almost sounded like a bad record a little bit you know what's weird about red mosquito i'm really glad you brought that up because I don't think any chorus to Red Mosquito. Actually, I don't think there are a lot of chord changes in Red Mosquito that I don't think sound good in any live performance. There is something very strange that goes on in the chord progression of this song to where it's almost not nailed in in any live performance. So that is consistent in every single recording of it where live uh, sorry on the album it sounds fine. Um, but I've come to terms with that. So as long as the band sounds tight, those little things that sound either out of tune or a little behind, it doesn't matter because I know it's going to be there no matter what. As long as the band is tight and the band is super tight on this one. So it's fine. And, you know, it's their second time ever playing this song. So it's right. okay if they're a little off in places because I thought that the chorus they got really soft during. 
and mm-hmm. they right. just it, it, it like we talked last week with whipping and we talked with better man um just subtle changes that that they would add once uh brendan o'brien got in the mix and we're gonna get another second time ever played song and we're gonna talk about that a little bit but before they do it they're playing a little part of so you want to be in a rock and roll star which i'm sure we're gonna play later and uh so for the second time ever live, right after the second time of Red Mosquito, is a song that I've heard zero times. I want to throw something in about uh, So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star because... Uh, we talk about it later. Well, it leads into it later. Oh, okay. It's a, yeah, so I just want to say, it's, this is a, a song, of course, by The Birds from 1967. But uh, what's really funny about it is, I don't know if you know, but this song was supposed to be inspired by the monkeys type band those silly manufactured bands that write songs to be singles and it's supposed to poke fun at the success of rock bands that are basically built and prefabricated uh, to be nothing more than a a brand for international fame but you know the bass player chris hillman plays trumpet on this his his uh his bass part is just the driving hook of this song so this is going to add into when we come back to it later this snippet was terrible uh i i described it as why 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 do it if you know it's on the set for later no you know you know what i said i said (laughs) i said it's like eddie jumped in a car and took control of the vehicle for a very short ride off of a very long cliff (laughs) it just you know what it did it got me very worried for how they perform it later because this song it has a sound to it. It has a point to the song. The song was written to say something. It's got it's got right. meaning and it's got a performance. The birds performed this song very specifically. So when I heard this, this snippet, I was like, oh no. Because I love the birds. I always like this song. So at this point, listening to the bootleg, I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of nice things to say about this the version of the song coming later. Awesome. But, we're we're going to agree on. Yeah, <laughs> I think we really are because I, I, I. Okay. Yeah, let's let's leave it at that and let's cool. let's get into again the second time they ever played this track that wasn't even on their following studio album. Oh, let's get into this one.
I didn't know before researching the song that Brain of Jay was this far removed from the album. Right, from Yield, right. That it was surprising. Very surprising. In 95, they started busting it out. I, I, and I, I didn't, I didn't dig into it more, but I wonder if this was supposed to be on no code. Um, that's a, that's, that could be. And you know what? I, I almost hope it, it, it wasn't because it doesn't fit the album. Not only that, it might've been lost as a B side. Yeah. If, that's, if that's the case. I think we got the best case scenario for it because it not only fit and, you know, broke open what was one of, what is my favorite album in their discography. Uh, it, it really just set the tone for it. It was, it, it's, you know, it deserves more than just being a B-side. And Oh, absolutely. You know, here, look, they haven't figured out this song yet here. The lyrics are a lot different. Eddie is just screaming everything. Um, and you really can't, you can't tell what he's saying. And the bridge is a little different. Bridges and again, a little, Bridges was, was a little um, empty, I thought. But I thought, yeah. I thought overall... I thought it as 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 a newer idea or whatever, uh, if they're still working it out. But I thought they played it pretty well for what it was, and I also thought Eddie's grit here, you know, where the grit it fits here. Of course, it, it's supposed to fit. That's how right. he sings the song, and it's coming off very well. Maybe he doesn't have everything planned out as he wants it, but that's okay because uh, he's got this idea in his head and he's getting this idea out. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work off this. This is how I want it to sound. But having said that, this is how he was singing parts of the verse in corduroy and that's where it doesn't belong and that's why i did not like it you know i enjoy i enjoy almost every version of the song there hasn't been a version that i haven't enjoyed yet but um you know i again the evolution of just hearing a song being played three years before it really meant anything so you know it, it it's to me my judgment is based off of what what it became instead of what it was here yeah so uh we're on song 21 and it's why go and really not too much except for jack really has a much different style than for the intro than 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 dave does than uh matt does and uh yeah yeah it's not bad though i I didn't care for it it's not my favorite it's not my favorite i don't think it ruins the song but it's it, it's different yeah I, I i mean you know if if you want to say you know who's who's number one who's number two no who's number three on it i i, I he's easily number three but sure sure you know I, I it just didn't work for me and the song sounded fine the song sounded good it's another one that usually doesn't fail and it's in a spot where it does work but you're going from Hard brain of Jay into Why Go into Black. I thought this Why Go was, again, it has some pretty good moments, but it's not an interesting performance. The band is going back to just this this boredom here, and for Why Go, that's strange. Yeah, um, I, 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 th- I, that's what I'm, I'm trying to say. That the, the set, the first set is so heavy. It's so mm-hmm. heavy. There's so many songs that that here I felt like it ran out of steam a little bit. Right, right, and and I'm so glad you said that after Brain of Jay because, um, so I'm looking at the set list as I'm listening to it, and um, I'm going to jump ahead. We'll backtrack and, and break things down, but this is where I started to really, really get worried because Why Go 
Parts of Black, Alive, Blood. These are songs that can be, um, in certain ways, in certain styles, very demanding of yeah. Eddie. And starting off Why Go, where he's up and down again, and where I thought he has not had it at all that uh, that night, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about what these what these songs are going to sound like. I'm like, wow, this is... Black is very sing-songy, and Alive is a big stadium song, and then there's, of course, Blood, all coming after Why Go when... Eddie has not been hitting the mark. I didn't know what to expect going. You know forward what here. though? I I I like this version of Black. I I thought it was fine. Um, right. right. Me too. My my big take on it is uh, that the Fireflies are out. Uh, but, however, Fireflies in 1995 are a lot different than Fireflies in 2018. <laughs> because They're, you got to be a smoker. Right. You know how many smokers are in a crowd. It's true. When when you see those lighters pop up, and maybe some people are bringing lighters because they they just know, like, hey, something's gonna come. Yeah. I didn't think there was a, a real wow moment again, and unfortunately, uh, I feel like Black is a song that could usually capitalize on good wow. Moments. You know what was a wow moment for me? What's that? That Stone gets on the mic at the end and says as nasally as he possibly could, "That's Mike McCreamy." <laughs> Here are my notes. I wrote Mike Solo is good. But it's always good. Shrug. Par for the course, you know, as long as uh, as it's working. It, it is shorter than how we heard it. Right, right. And Mike Solo was good, but it, it still wasn't that wow moment I was looking for. Or, or honestly, that I was hoping for. Uh, Eddie sounded good on it, though. Yeah, positive note for Ed. All right. He sounded good. I was, I was worried about it, but he sounded good here. We're on to a live. And... Um, I don't know if I was just getting tired during the show. Uh, I, I did say the fans fans haven't died at all. They've been insane from the moment they went on stage, the moment Eddie went on stage. Yeah. Uh, man, this is what I wrote because, you know, this is 23 songs in now and, and no I have a feeling maybe yours might mirror what I wrote. I, want, I can't wait to hear what you said. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read this whole thing. I said, people, okay. people who did this back then who went to these shows must think we're all a bunch of little wimps now with our, our 17 song first set and two encore breaks. <laughs> wow. Your majesty. Not one break, but two. Shall I took you in for two minutes to give you a bottle. <laughs> We've all aged with this band. That was a fantastic Woody Allen. I was, I, I wasn't even going for Woody Allen. Woody Allen's not a bully. How about a, that was actually, you know what? That sounded like Cousin Kyle from South Park. Okay. It's so dry in here. <laughs> I can't eat that. That gives me gas. Come on, man. It's, it's beef. Yeah, dude, it's great. Actually, I, I can't eat beef. I have a degenerative problem with my intestinal lining, and beef really gets me gas. I was actually going for... Uh, oh, I love it. I, I was really going for the family guy, Big Whoop on a fight about it. That's what I was going for. That's a good one, too. Wowee, your majesty. Anyway, man, the folks up front, they're all in their teens and 20s, maybe 30s, and now they're pushing their 40s and 50s at, be at, you know, at best now, and the arthritis is real. You can't go too you can't go too heavy with beer before the show because the heartburn is going to hurt before work in the morning and uh You know you, you know our old bladders can't take that anymore. No, we suck now. And as the band has aged since, since the beginning, I mentioned that, that, that the band, 
might put out a boring album that you might not like. That's not going to sound like stuff that we want. We all, it, this is all everybody's fault. We've all aged. It's not just them. Right. Right. We, we take a break from everything else that's going on in our lives to go do this, to go see them. And we want to feel like we're, we're 15, 16 years old again and go crowd surf or whatever we want to do again. That, that's our break, but it's not us. And I think that reflects how the crowd is now when you do get, you know, a bad egg in the crowd. You're like, okay, that's not, that's not how this goes. That's not how this works. Yeah, exactly. I also, I, I, I used to be such a punk man. I, I didn't care how sweaty I got or who, who I was pushing up, who was, I was pushing up against or who was pushing up against me. And now if somebody grazes me. I'm like, dude, leave me. Don't, don't touch me. You know, yeah, but dude, dude, you remember we could have wrung our shirts out. Oh, after Fenway. I know that was the first time in a while though. It was brutal. Yeah. It was amazing though. So now I just want to I just want to read what I have for a live. Do it. Very short, very to the point. And and um, I had a sense of this as I was listening to the bootleg. So I watched the video of it, and I was a hundred percent right. I wrote, <clears throat> "Boring band looks bored. Band plays bored. Bored, bored, bored." <laughs> There's nothing going on on stage. Nothing. Uh, you're gonna love me for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't know if I felt bored. I just felt like, you know, they were just playing. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I feel like I feel like we've had a lot of nice things to say about about alive lately. And yeah, uh, just, this 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 missed it for me. It's like that 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 sign. How many days since an accident at work? How many days since we've we've insulted alive zero sorry yeah you know that's could be worse could be other songs i think we're getting into another another favorite of yours though here right blood blued blued Blood. i i do love how back then that this was a close like a consistent closer sure i love the placement love the i wrote i wrote cool placement it really is, um, and the red red lights flashing the red, like yep, they do now. Yep. You know what they needed? That man. They needed the darkness to come into the into the yeah. stage. They needed something to transform that boring stage. And I agree, it was just so bland. That pulsating kind of heartbeat with the red backdrop was very cool. Yes, yes, and that's something they they continue to do uh, to this day on it. But right, um, right. and I man, the, and I. Uh, sorry, you just want to say something else? Uh, it just the chorus sounded different. His screaming sounded way different on it. It, it sounded strange to me. I don't know if you caught that. Or... I, I did. So so Eddie's been off the rails for this whole show for me. And I wrote, band sounded great, but they should have played this instrumental. Eddie is absolutely unlistenable in this performance. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's how I feel. He's breathing heavy into the mic. That's yeah. that's what I noticed. He's like out of breath. He's like out of breath, man. Out of breath. Jack sounded great. Stone. I said stone hops around like a fucking nerd loser rabbit. Yep. Love it. So. Love it. And I also said that he was still staring at his amp, counting how many spokes are in the screen. Uh, we're finally in the encore. Yeah. After all this time. It, you know. It, it's cool that, that 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 they had something that long, but um, gee, that's it should have been broken up a little more. Uh, 
Eddie speaking here, um, and he says the crowd has left him speechless, even though he is speaking for a while here, and it doesn't happen often. He tells folks in the front to calm down a little bit and says on the way home, if you want to hear some songs, uh, listen to the old pirate radio on Monkey Wrench. Uh, Again, so it's awesome that they used to do that. Awesome, yeah. Said somebody had a question for Stone and says one of his girlfriends because she's calling him Stony. Stony. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they were supposed to stop playing before it got dark. This is what we were saying before, but yeah. there aren't any lights. Screw it, they'll be fine. Uh, says he was talking to the drummer of the Fastbacks and said he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Who. And agrees and said that they've been working. He'd been working at a gas station or at a Del Taco. And Maria, he does say Taco Bell, so you weren't wrong. I was keeping it. I will. I didn't want to say it before. I was keeping it till now. He does say Taco Bell. We like our callbacks. You know that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and he would have been the best late night fast food guy ever. Uh, then says how much respect that he has for the drive through guy because he wouldn't be here without him. Talks about all different songs planning to get released soon, including one that this one, next one will be on, which is leaving here. Uh, he forgets the distortion in the beginning and corrects his mistake. Uh, but at least um, life, uh, the, uh, the life of a woman is a wonderful thing. Is that I, Chris Buckley? I thought love I, with the, love with the love, woman. love yeah love of the woman was a wonderful thing. He actually says it. I thought of you, Chris Buckley. Here's your yeah, shout out. I, th- I thought of you when listening to it. I laughed, of course, when that part came up. Yeah, I thought this was good for the most part. But um, what do you think? I like it when Jeff does the solo. I like it when they throw him the bass solo. Agree, agreed. I guess I didn't notice that he didn't do it in this one. You know why I like it? Because it's an awesome callback to my generation. It's a very my generation feel with the Ent Whistle bass with the Ent Whistle bass solo. Yeah. And I like it because it's a really cool tie-in because the, you know, the old Motown 1963, the uh, the Eddie Holland version of the original version of Leaving Here. I don't think there's a solo break at all in that. I haven't heard that version in a long time. Someone could correct yeah, me. Yeah, neither have I. But it's funny because the Who also covered leaving here and my generation was always very leaving here to me you know it's like very inspired by yeah and then i liked how they throw jeff a bass solo and leaving here that ties it back to my generation so it's like it's these songs are very intertwined with each other i kind of agree with that yeah very early yeah but yeah i I like that little history back to eddie holland and how the who covered it my generation sounds like it my generation has a has a bass solo they cover leaving here sounds like the who covering the song throwing right. my generation bass solo in here very creative i thought yeah no it's definitely definitely good um better man is next and it really feels so short to what we're used to listening to mm-hmm. um also just like you know maybe because the album's out for a year uh i said before it, not enough vitality not enough in this show. There's only six songs and, and better man immortality are the last two that are played here. So the only four up until this point. Right. And now do you think that maybe the band having Vitology be pretty new? Do you think they'd be more excited to play these songs? Because I wrote down that better man, it sounds good. It always sounds good, but the band looks like they're about to fall asleep during this. It's, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like a lullaby. I mean, and now better man is, is this, they get so into it. Yeah. A a callback to the, the second Fenway show of this year when they're all jamming in their circle 
together, the you know Jeff, Mike, and Stone, and they're doing mm-hmm. Better Man, and it was it was this really emotional performance of the song, and yeah, and I said Jeff, uh, sorry, uh, Stone missed his singing cue. And he laughs it off, and the band's laughing. They're having a great time. It was right. it, it was so amazing. And like Rearview Mirror and Corduroy, you know, Better Man being one of the very first songs I've ever heard from the band. I, I tell you, man, uh, Fenway Night 2, Better Man, was such a high point, an absolute showstopper for me. I I, I was, like, so emotional during the performance because it, so, it was so goddamn good. And, uh, and I don't, this I don't one, know the this timeline. Was... That, that, that's the, what I'm going to say about Better I don't know what the timeline is. As to when they released this as a single, so if this is if this is in heavy rotation as a single at this point, which I'm assuming it probably is, because it's their hit off the album, and even if it came out as a single in April, um, you know it's still popular in November, and he probably hates it because that's just how he functions. Yeah, yeah, he. They, you know what? Normally it would go the opposite way. Oh, I've been playing this for so many years. I'm sick of it now. It almost sounds like they have found a much greater appreciation for this song. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's maturity again, though. That's. I just thought maybe it being fresh and they had this new album out. I thought maybe they'd be hyped to, to play this, especially where it is. It's it's in an encore. Get hyped for it. Right. The placement alone leads you to think that maybe they're going to really enjoy performing the song, but they, they don't. I mean, they don't. No. I mean, not, yeah, not in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is an epic live song to begin with, and and again, evolution, baby. Just keep playing it and see where it takes you, and get better at it as it as you go. Yeah, you find know? find That's, that appreciation for it, I guess. Uh, the next one, I, this is a high point for me because I actually really love immortality in the encore here, and I think that they should go back to it nowadays. It would be great bridge between like footsteps and once sort of um you know the first fenway show they did present tense after uh god what was it just breathe i believe uh, and yeah. and i think it, i think it went into once and that was really good because present tense is a really good one where it's going to start off slow and then get you know get you pumped at the end and that can go into something that's that's heavier and i feel like immortality is the same way i feel Immortality should be used in, in encores now. I 100% agree. I actually, uh, with with this, I would have switched Immortality and Better Man. I would have switched the order there. I don't disagree with that. I think I think that's actually a good idea. Um, Jack was also going a little banana at the end there. Little banana. Yeah, a little banana. <laughs> um, Porch. It's not as fast as Atlanta. But it has the album intro that gets right into it instead of uh, the destroying bit. And mm-hmm. um, the video, I couldn't see it. I heard everybody reacting to it, but Eddie's climbing speakers and getting on the scaffold. Yeah, it's too dark. It's too, You can't see fo- anything, right? No, no. They focus on Mike for a long time. It's I couldn't yeah. see Yeah. Yeah, I thought this sounded good. I thought the speed was great uh, for a live version. And even though you couldn't see Eddie doing his thing, I thought the solo section was really cool because Jeff and Jack find a really cool groove on, on this version. It sounded bluesy, right? Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A unique version. That's, that's what I wrote here. It was a slower jam. Um, it was probably, I would say it was about a 10 minute performance, right? Uh, I think you would think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounded good. And, uh, 
Yep, and the crowd is reacting to Eddie Bustle the whole time, and I wish we could have seen it because we've gotten a couple responses talking about it. But um, hey, maybe that wasn't a joke. Maybe that maybe that place had no lights. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if the camera didn't even try, All right, I know. to focus yeah. in on him. So Eddie gets down and he thanks the crowd for their faith and says if they have something to give them, they have some a lot of other things to give. And he starts singing, uh, uh, don't worry about a thing, there's every little thing going to be all right. There's Randy's performance for the podcast. <laughs> uh, I just I, I hate I hate the player, but um, Shane Victorino used this as oh, his. Uh, oh, he's like one of the biggest scumbags ever i hated him as a philly yeah you know and i heard he was he was kind of a jerk to the media too from some of my friends but um sounds like it's uh, about right yep yeah so he came out to this as as his walk-up music in boston and um it i love the crowd whenever uh that year in the playoffs i think they won the world series that year whenever his music would stop before the ever little thing is going to be all right part the and the crowd would 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 all sing it together. Yeah. Like that's cool. Right. It's not as cool as, as Wilmer Flores and uh, everybody clapping during friends. Yeah. It's a good, that's always, that's always fun to do. Yeah. Or, or Cespedes and Lion King. Oh, fuck Cespedes. <laughs> yes, but, but it's the Lion King. Come on. But anyway, yeah. So after porch, he invites the fastbacks and Ben Harper onto the stage. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been dreading circling back around to this song. Can you play it so at least people kind of get what's coming? Sure. All right, let's do it. <laughs> nothing pretty about this this is a disaster nobody knows when to sing who's gonna sing you know it takes scatter it takes a lot for ben harper to sound bad i just i think he was confused he was bad that's very confused he sounds yeah the lead singer of the fastbacks i've never listened to them before but she sounds awful oh terrible 
She sounded like um, what's her face from the Distillers, who I hate. Oh. Terrible. And I, I was I was saying I was like, okay, they're bringing this back. Is this like a second chance? What are they going to do? Is this going to be part two of what Eddie was doing before? No. Let's get the whole band out here. Let's get everyone else out here. Let's get Ben out here. Yeah. The song is a point. The song was written to sound a certain way. This misses the mark for me completely. It, it was almost like they did this because it was the only song that all of them knew together, yet they still sounded lost. You know, then they should have done Kick Out the Jams, because who doesn't know Kick Out the Jams, motherfucker? Sure, I agree. And and that that's one you can fuck around with, and, and everybody's just jumping around, and you'd be okay. This one is not, it's not the same thing, even Rockin' in the Free World. You could have done that. No, it's because they don't, right? they don't play this song the way it's supposed to be played. There's They barely played the song. No, there's there's no, that trumpet line, that Jeff is not playing the, the bass part, right? Listen to Tom Petty do this song. It is so good. I actually don't think I've heard his version of the song. Tom Petty does a cover of this, and he's got the, the horns, the bass is, is popping, the drums are grooving, the guitars are... It's, it sounds amazing when Tom Petty does this. This is the complete opposite of that, and it, it, it ruins the whole point of the, of the song. There's, there's no point to this at all. Can, can I get... This is not an excuse, but this was the, the live debut of the song, and it, it had only been played seven times in their history. So that should tell you something. It should tell you that maybe they say, this doesn't sound good. We're not doing any justice to this song. Right. It's why it hasn't stuck around over the years. Thank God. Which, which I'm fine with. Oh, thank God. I, 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 can, I can, you know, I think the New Orleans version, when they, they opened with it at a, a jazz fest a couple of years ago, I think that version was really good. But this was just did nothing for me. I, I I don't care to hear it live after hearing this because it was just a hodgepodge and a mess. And and at least Mike moved around, though. He did some crazy Superman leap from one side of the stage to the other. He did. Yeah, the energy was there. Uh, I think Stone was I think Stone was standing in the back again. But well, uh, of course he was because there were people on stage that he might not have known that well. Um, and here we go to end the show is indifference. We're going home. Great way to end the night, and I think during the dark, with like no lights, is such a cool way to see the song. You know, I love this as a closer, and I never get it. It's always, it's always led better. Yeah, because um, this Cause is, you always go to night two. I know. I, I, I can, I can never go to night one. My, my job just won't allow it. Um, <sighs> uh, but in all honesty, after this show, um, I really don't care. I had such a sour taste in my mouth that even a fantastic indifference was not going to be able to wash it out 30 songs two and a half hours and what do you got i I, i'm curious you said it was going to be your lowest ranking to date you want to go right to the rating here yeah just do it because we're we're done right okay so yeah so i was going to say about uh the length of the first set i love all the songs the songs are there. There are some uh, order changes that I would make, but it's a great set on the surface, right? You look at it and you say, "This is a great, it's a great set. This this looks yeah, good." A lot of a lot of songs that were played before their their prime. And, sure, but it's sure, in, yeah. it's it's in like a heyday. Like they have fantastic albums that are out and fantastic yep. songs. That is the only thing that saves the show for me, besides Jack. Eddie was the killer. I'll never, ever 
ever listen to this show ever again. <laughs> there is nothing that could ever Jeez. bring me back to this. Just piss on the ashes a little more, man. Eddie is, is completely unlistenable. Eddie should have postponed this show, too. Wow. The, the band is asleep. The band is, is not energized. Uh, this is a three. Three. Wow. There's nothing there. That much. So many people. We got so many different responses on this show, and yeah. all of them were positive. Not, not for I'm, me, man. I'm just... I'm so surprised. I told you going through that my viewpoint on every single show is is as somebody who plays professionally. I'm out playing every single weekend. I listen to music constantly. I am about the performance. I am about the sound. That is the most important part to me when it comes to live music. This is so bad that the three points that I'm giving it are all for Jack. Wow. Yeah. If you want me to rate Jack. Do you want to rate Jack? Nine. Jack gets a nine. Jack is on fire this night. Here, Here's here's the one thing that, that, that uh, you know, it, it definitely harms our rating that we're not there to experience it. And it's probably a lot different when you have a visual memory from it because we can't. We can't provide that with every single show that we do. We're, it, it, you know, sure. I've been to only 20. Matt, you've been to 13. So we we have a very limited experience compared to what the band has has done throughout their, their tenure. So had, you know, I, I think I mentioned it with Memphis. Had I not gone to Memphis, we would have never even covered that show. It wouldn't have been a blip. Could have been a blip, sure. You know, so I... I happen to like the show. I happen to think that the band did have energy. The crowd had energy. Uh, I thought that, you know, it was a little long in the first uh, set, but they said that they weren't playing shows like this nowadays. And you got to think of back to what they didn't do in Golden Gate Park back in June. This was a makeup for that. So to play extremely long and something that they weren't doing at the time in front of 35,000 people that were all you know, patiently waiting for, you know, for them to play there again. I, uh, I think they brought it and I gave, I give the show a 7.5. I think it was a really good show. I had fun listening to it. It was a little lengthy at parts and it was a little, it was a little off. And, and you've convinced me that some parts of the set were, were a little off and didn't work. But besides that, I, I was okay with it. And I, I, I liked, I liked the, I, I liked it. I I had fun listening to it. I can't. Yeah. You know? No. I, I, dude. I, you know. I'll never. I'll never knock your opinion. Everyone's opinion is great. And sure. And listen. If you said you had fun with it, I fully believe you did. And I'm. I'm actually happy. I'm. I'm. I'm happy that this does get good reviews. I don't. I don't want this show that is. You know. It's in the history books. I don't want it to be known as as a very poor show. No. I just wish that your enthusiasm rubbed off on me as much as some of my points rubbed off on you because I had. No fun listening to it. It wasn't my favorite show by any standard, but I had fun listening yeah, to no, it. But see, on the other hand, for me, I I couldn't wait for it to be over. Had there been more Vitalogy than Versus, I probably would have given it a larger score. But that's that's a victim of circumstance because we did we did a Versus show last week, and I was expecting more of a Vitality show this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, so I, that, know, that's I, I just I just say when it comes down to performance, man, if you're not performing well, I'm 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 not gonna sugarcoat it and and uh i don't think i don't think they were so i yeah three three for me man 
All right, seven point five and a three. That's it's it's that's a gap. It's a rough week. It's a it's a rough week, but you know what? I don't think next week is going to be that great either because I I've listened to half that show and I I'm I'm not really enthused about it. But I my mind can be changed. I can be that guy sitting there with the coffee mug saying, "Change my mind." When I do my travels today, I I plan on maybe YouTubing it on the drive. I I really hope that we are completely contrasting on that one too. That would be fun. Um, Let's let's talk about some people that did have good memories from this show, and we're going to start with Grace Buckley, who was nice enough to write in and write a pretty lengthy experience from the show. So she says, when I got to Spartan Arena in San Jose for the Pearl Jam show, featuring support from the Fastbacks, Ben Harper's first time ever opening for Pearl Jam, something I forgot to mention earlier, but that's a really good point. I was happy to see them in some. Uh, see some familiar faces, people I knew who were working at the show. By the time Pearl Jam went on stage, this meant that I was standing side stage and able to watch the show from the side. This was an unbelievable experience, being able to see them walk on from the stage, seeing the action so close. She was on stone side behind Carrie, who's uh, their their tech. Uh, being able to see the band signal when they needed something or look at each other and just the looks they gave each other as they played were fascinating and amazing. The way stage was built where I was standing wasn't visible to the audience because there was a net of sorts draping the structure of the stage, so people standing on the side were not so visible. It may have been easier to see behind the netting when the sky was still a bit bright, but by nighttime, standing back there, the audience couldn't really see you. As the show went on and the night came on, I shifted my vantage point a few times. Well into the show, I decided to walk as far out to the side to look over the audience, which I couldn't do at the front of the side stage, or I'd have been in the way of the working crew. But out on the stage behind the working crew and still behind the netting, I could get close to the edge and see out over the side. Just as I was looking at the audience from that viewpoint, Eddie came over and did what he often does during shows, walked along the side of the edge of the stage, and happened to stop right in front of where I was standing. And as also usually happens, the spotlight followed him and shone on me, and the audience directly in front of him. As I looked literally over his shoulder from that view, I saw what he sees, thousands of faces and arms raised up, looking right at him. It was a view I didn't realize I'd always wondered about, but now, as I was seeing, I couldn't believe, wow, this is what it's like for every member of Pearl Jam every night, walking out to the sides and having everyone look right at him. It was a sea of elated faces and transported spirits, the music moving them, and the excitement and energy was so powerful. Ed stood there for a little bit, got really got to soak in that viewpoint literally from his viewpoint and then he was gone moving along doing his electricity filled thing as that he does but what a few moments that was another exciting moment for me came at the end of the show when pj the fastbacks and ben harper came out and did rock and roll star (laughs) as matt crones oh boy uh but this is a cool story as one of the musicians came out he pulled me on he pulled me on stage and invited me to go out So I found myself on stage with everyone, hanging far to the side, and pretending to sing a song I knew all the words of, but would never have dared to actually sing, since my singing voice sucks. But to be on stage, at a mic, with band members from three incredible bands looking around from the onstage perspective, 
let's just say San Jose 95 was an extra special, unforgettable experience for me because I had so many precious viewpoints and I have them all permanently imprinted on my soul. Cool. See, some people like it. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a lot of nice things about the memories there, but um, <laughs> it had nothing to do with the performances, unfortunately. No. Okay. You know, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't sell, I can't sell a butcher on a, uh, you know, a housing loan or something. I, I don't know how that goes. <laughs> uh, anyway, this one's from Noah. I was at both the infamous Golden Gate show as well as the makeup show in San Jose. Hard to really determine where to start, but I remember Bad Religion opening up for Pearl Jam. That was at uh, the Golden Gate show. We stood As we stood in line, there were rumors that Uncle Neil was going to be there, but given the lack of social media, it was really anyone's guess if it was any more anything more than a rumor. I remember Pearl Jam coming out rocking hard, and it was hot. I was standing next to a bale of hay in the park, loving every second. I, <laughs> I, I read that a couple of times, that there were bales of hay just yeah. spread throughout the place. Interesting. When, when Ed said he was sick, I couldn't believe it. This is my first Pearl Jam show, and seven, seven songs in, what's going on? Neil came out, and I actually thought this couldn't get any cooler. They jammed through nearly all of Mirrorball, and it was an incredible treat, and the band was solid. For the San Jose show, Ed came out before the fast box, and he says he thinks he rode a bicycle on stage. And that's what he did. Dead Man, loved the song instantly. Fastbacks are great, but not my jam. And Ben Harper absolutely slayed. It was my first time seeing him, and he rocked hard. I ran out and bought a CD later that week, disappointed with the lack of hardness, but... Then the welcome to the cruel world was in comparison to his performance. Never, nevertheless, I became a fan and have seen Harper countless times. I had a friend in the pit. I was back in some seats when Pearl Jam came out. It felt like they played every song in their catalog. It was clear that they were truly trying to make up for the Golden Gate show, which, yeah, they played, played forever. So This is from Tyler. This is a Facebook one. Uh, had just graduated high school. A bunch of us skipped a senior trip to follow Pearl Jam on the West Coast. Tahoe at Boreal Ski Resort was canceled due to mud from melting snow. We saw the Sacramento show at Cal Expo and then the San Francisco debacle a few days later. I remember it being hot as hell. San Francisco is usually fogged in and 60 degrees in June. Bad Religion opened, PJ played seven songs, Last Exit was the opener, Neil Young took over, and I recall them playing Rockin' and Free Will twice, which we mentioned before. Was a letdown, what happened, 85,000 people were there, I think. The next day, they bagged the tour. 85,000 seems like a lot. I thought it was more than about 60. But, I, who knows. Um, San Jose, I recall, had great weather as well. Ed played Dead Man Walking Open before Harper Open. No one had heard of Ben in those days, and he was so good. And you can see all of Pearl Jam from the side of the stage watching his set. Awesome. Uh, I think we'll do one more. Sure. Yeah, I think we'll do one more. I had two more. I think we'll just do one more. Um, This is from Allison Hauer. I remember very expensive water and angry crowds at the first show. I was stoked to see Neil Young, even if it was not the plan. This was the very first concert I had ever gone to, the Golden Gate one, and was so fascinated by all the excitement. The makeup show, she got food poisoning. What are the odds? Can you believe that? 
What are the odds? Well, the odds are pretty good considering what she got food poisoning from. Oh. She said, I made it through the show, but remember sitting in the stands trying not to hallucinate from the Denny's eggs that I ate this morning. (laughs) Oh, not the Grand Slam. (laughs) (laughs) The moon over Miami. Oh, man. Yeah. So does that surprise you? Uh, You know. It shouldn't. I... (laughs) I've never had Denny's. I'm going to admit. So I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't have a real opinion. I don't want to say yes. And I don't want to say no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't go to Denny's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I might not go after this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tragic first couple experiences of seeing my favorite band, but made up for it following around to all their shows this summer. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very good. One more since I have it here. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, okay. If you have, yeah. if it's okay. just one more, let's get everyone. It's in. just one more. It's one paragraph. Yeah. If it's, it's from, yeah, let's get everyone in this week. It's from Brad Dorr. Uh, he says, the San Francisco show was my first concert. I sold tickets to that show as part of my senior economics project. Cool. Okay. Uh, I think I sold cereal for my economics project, but. Oh. That was in first period. I came about 20 minutes late to class every day in my economics class nice. and still got like a B plus. Uh, in addition to Ed's food poisoning, I got my car towed and had to find my way home with my friends and then drive back later that night to get my car out of impound. I spent all my graduation money, but learned a valuable lesson to never park blocking somebody's driveway. <laughs> I ended up broke, sunburnt, and irrationally hating Neil Young after that show. <laughs> The San Jose show was amazing at Spartan Stadium and was a fantastic show. The Chronicle or the Examiner called it a triumph of normalcy and still has the bootleg recorded by local rock station KOME to this day. Cool. I'm glad I told that one because I, I, I had forgotten that was about the uh, the impounded car. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I mean, it sucks, but thank you for the story. It was a funny of story. Of course. Looking back it on it, it's hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't matter over 20 years later. So, um, public service announcement time. Public service announcement time. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know... Who you are. Like that that recorded PSA said, oh no, it was live, right? No, he does everything live. No. Yeah, no, it's totally live. It's not exactly <laughs> the same every single time. <laughs> um, please, this this episode was based off of somebody just reaching out to us and, and telling us their experience. And um, we thank Maria again for sparking uh, the the flame that ignited the show and Matt's fury and hatred for it. But 
Um, I'm, I'm burning up over here. I liked it. I liked it. And I, I'm, I'm sorry if he insulted your favorite show, but we played a song for you. We did. Yeah, no, I don't mean to insult anybody. This is just my opinion, and uh, I appreciate everyone else's. This is very true. This is very true. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad, for... I'm glad we got this show, because I, I, I felt like I needed to get a little bit of my own rage off my chest. I might... That might be next week for me. Okay, I'm excited. It might be next week for me because I'm I'm I have a lot of similar points that you had from this week into next week, and I haven't even finished that listening to that show yet. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, that's uh that's all we got for today. All I have to say is just keep your stories coming in, and keep your requests coming in, and and uh, you know feel free to reach out to us when you have an idea of your own. Oh, you know what we didn't get to? What's that? We, uh, our, our pick a fan. Oh yeah. You want to do that? Let's do that now. Sure. So, so last week was Green Bay, Wisconsin, which, uh, still here, waiting here for, from you, Green Bay. Whenever, uh, whenever you want to reach out to us, we're here. We want to say hi and we'll tell your story. Let's, uh, let's pick a new one. Start the spinner. Okay. Ring, ding, 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 Watertown, South Dakota. All right. I didn't know that there were water towns in South Dakota. Me either, but there was all inland. But tell us about it. Watertown, South Dakota. There's been somebody listening in for a couple weeks and uh, listening a lot too. Um, I'm not sure how the numbers are based. I don't know if it 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 counts every single time somebody presses play and pauses and play and pauses but um uh yeah there's there's a lot of listens there and that's the next person that we'd love to have uh say hi to us all right you're in watertown south dakota wave hello all right that's it for the show where are we doing next week are we going south of the border we sure are oh baby Ole, 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 ole. This is their only show that they've ever played on Thanksgiving Day in Mexico. Should be fun. Yeah, I think so. From what you said, I've, I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I did it because I wanted to find if there was a Thanksgiving show and this was it. And I read into it a little more. I said, okay, yeah, this could work. It's, it's a part of the world that we haven't done. I don't know when we'll do it next and it wasn't on our radar so now is a good time and uh i won't give a full opinion on it yet because i haven't fully finished it yet but sure. um so far not not my favorite but we'll we'll do it and i'll have some nice things to say as well some critical things to say i'm sure great um yeah so mexico city 2011 is what we're gonna do if you have any stories about that please send us an email Live on four legs, the number four podcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's it for today. Although this is the end, I'm here, but not for much longer. Goodbye. Uh, what was my other sign off? I don't know why I said goodbye. I shouldn't have said goodbye. I should have said, I miss you already. I miss you always. Because that's my tag. Perfect. I've never done it like that before. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I have a good singing voice. <laughs> For Randy Sobel and Matt Helbig. And uh, 
and for lo4lnovstore.itemorder.com where you can get your ugly Christmas sweater at until Cyber Monday or so. We will see you next time. Bye. Damnation Alley! The satellite still hasn't located the bomb. Here's a little something from the Destroyer album. Rock and roll all night! Rock and roll all night! We just played rock and roll all night. Play it again or the queen dies. Uh, all right. One, two, three!